If you could tell me I could keep doing what I'm doing right now today and not change a thing for the next 20 years or whatever, I'd be like, okay, good. I'm, I'm all set then. <laughs> you know? Good evening. Welcome to two maddening hours of horror and fright. Let's go grab a beer. Children of the night. What music they make. Just fantasize about being killed. On the House That Screams presents Horror Pop Radio. We have a very special guest. It is Ben Scrivens from Freight Rex. Hello, Ben. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, excited to hang out with you guys and, and, and chat about horror and all fun stuff. So it's, it's great. Awesome. Um, we always have a good time. Uh, we are kind of known as the party podcast. So um, me being Miss Bossy, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start you off easy. I want to <laughs> ask, okay, if you're hard pressed, what is your all-time favorite horror movie? Oh, that's I mean, that's such a softball question because it's Halloween, clearly. <laughs> like, honestly, like anybody knows me for three and a half seconds knows my favorite movie of all time, not just horror, is Halloween, the original. Boom! It's like end of story. <laughs> Nice, nice. Uh, and then follow-up question, and in this may be the exact same, but sometimes it's different for people. Favorite franchise of all time? Ooh, okay. That's a good question because I've always thought about, you know, Halloween being my favorite movie and I'm a Michael Myers guy, and I, I do love that franchise. But I do think that when I think of other franchises, and I am typically, I mean, I love all genres or subgenres of horror. I so, but if I usually think of slashers because that's what I grew up on and that was like my main thing, right? So if I kind of think of that, I honestly might have to say Friday the 13th because I yes. feel like that's the most, yes. to me from the first to even up to the 2009 is the most weirdly cohesive franchise, even though it has zero continuity or it tries to, <laughs> but we all know it gets completely effed up, right? Like we're completely okay <laughs> oh, with it usually. Yeah. No, I have no problem with it. But one of the things I love about Friday the 13th that isn't like in any other franchise is, and again, I'm an 80s kid. So every year there was a new one. And I feel like every one is a capsule of what that year was like. Like Friday 13 part five feels like 1985 to me. Part six feels like 86, 87. So it's like, it's this weird, they feel like of the time. So it's almost like a timestamp. And I just love that. So I feel like I might have to edge out Friday the 13th over Halloween as a franchise. Mm. Interesting. So I was wondering if it was going to be different because it tends, it tends to be like that. Um, I'm just going to open it up. Um, anybody else who, who would like to ask a question? Uh, I will, I will throw in, uh, real quick. I'm curious about origin story. Um, 2003, take us back how Fright Rags got started. 
Yeah. So I was working. So I short of a short story leading up to that is I had graduated from college in 2002. I had gone like I had went to school, right, uh, college right after high school in 1995. I dropped out after a year, worked for a couple of years, decided that I want to go back to school, went to school as a graphic designer, uh, got my degree in graphic design after four years, had to do that all over again, basically. And then I was working, I got out of school and, and I was working at this job. Uh, it was basically my first real job out of school. I had one for a couple months and then I transitioned to this one. It was a small company and we made laptop bags, which isn't very exciting, but at the same time, it was a really small company. I was the third person hired there. I was in charge of not the bag design, but all the product photography and, and the website stuff and print collateral, all these things. So at the time, my then girlfriend, now she's my wife, we were living together in an apartment. You know, we hadn't, we were, uh, you know, we were engaged at the time, but you know, it was one of those things where I had a lot of time on my hands. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have kids yet or a house and stuff. So I just wanted to do something creative with my free time. And I've always been creative and I've always liked, you know, I was in a band and we used to play music and write music and I used to draw comics and like, you know, even when I was a kid, I'd want to write books and stuff. So I thought, what can I do? And, and, and at the time, this is pre Facebook, pre any social media, this is the days of message boards, you know? And I would frequent a lot of horror message boards and be, cause I'm a fan, obviously I've been a fan since I saw Halloween when I was four in 1981. So uh, I would be on these message boards and one few of the message boards that really got me interested in other stuff was um, these prop message boards, these people that would make Michael Myers masks that would make uh, Jason masks, right? Freddy gloves, stuff like that. So one of the message boards that I was a part of was called Night Owl Productions. And it was run by a guy by the name of Justin Mabry. He, he and I became really good friends. We would talk for literally, my wife can attest this, like six to eight hours at a time on the phone, like literally all night. Um, he was based out of Mississippi. You might know the company he went on to start, which was Trick or Treat Studios. He's co-founder of that company years later. So he made the best Michael Myers mass ever. In fact, he helped design the one for 2018, uh, Halloween 2018. You can actually see his name in the credits, but he made the best fan made mask. So anyway, I was like, what can I do? I don't, I can't make masks. I'm going to live in an apartment. I, I've only done it like once. And that was in high school or something, but I do, I did like screen printing and I liked graphic design. And I always had a penchant for sort of these like weird shirts. When I was in high school, I would wear like this like I was like kind of a biker skater kid. So I liked a lot of that, like Airwalk and, and Ball and, 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 you know, Fucked and all those brands. So I was into that sort of design, but I never had any horror shirts. And I'm like, but I'm, but I'm a horror fan. <laughs> like, why don't I have any shirts based on the movies that I love? So I did some research and found that there was a company called Rotten Cotton and Sean Lewis come up with, you know, and I was like, hey, you know, these shirts are really cool, but I want something different. Like I just wanted something a little bit different. And as I was coming up with ideas, I just came up with this uh, because it was popular at the time. What would Jesus do thing? I said, well, what would Jason do? And I thought, oh, that would be <laughs> funny if we did like a WW hockey mask D because then you wouldn't have to say it. And I started Googling everything. And I'm like, I have never, I couldn't find any evidence that this had been done before. Like, it wasn't like it came up with like, like if you do a search now, it comes up with hundreds of, of, shirts and other things it didn't come up at all so i'm like 
well, I'll do it. So I came up with that idea and I said, well, what if we just took the hockey mask and blew it up on a shirt? That would be kind of cool. And what if I did a really generic Michael Myers looking design and put trick or treat under it? Like, you know, whatever. And I posted those on Justin's board. Well, he actually said, he goes, dude, you should post these on my message board. And I didn't want to spam his message board with my stuff, but people were like, oh my God, I would totally buy that as a t-shirt. Like I would love that. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? Like, I've never started a business before. So I was like, how am I going to get these printed? So I looked online, found the site that charged way too much. And I remember hovering over the button in my computer at my job because it was going to cost me 600 bucks for 60 shirts. And I didn't have that kind of money. I just had a credit card. And I was like, I guess I'm going to do this. I'm like, what should I call this website? You know, and I started coming up with names and I'm like, maybe Fright Rags would be cool. Let me buy the domain name and let me hand code HTML and figure out how to put PayPal into it. And I did it this all in like a month. Uh, back in 2003 and I I promoted it on Justin's board and people started buying them and at the time I was like this is cool I want to keep doing this and I don't even know if I can make any money doing this but I'm going to try and that's what I did <laughs> yeah that's so awesome and and uh, one quick follow-up and then we can move on mm-hmm. what was that feeling like when you when you sold that first shirt I'll tell you, his name was Joe Scarange because I'll never forget his name. And he still buys from us. He's in California. And uh, but it was an amazing feeling because, again, and even it, it still is what keeps me, you know, one of one of the many things that keeps me motivated today is, you know, it's a connection. You know, at the time, especially growing up without the Internet, because, again, 80s kid, it was just my immediate circle of a couple friends that were into it. And they weren't even into horror as much as I was. I had Fangoria and I could read, you know. I knew people out there were fans, but I wasn't, it wasn't like I was connecting with them. And then I started to on message boards and things, but when it was something that I created that someone sent me money for, I mean, I still, it sounds really cheesy, but I still kind of get chills when I think about it because it's, I actually still have that first month of orders printed out from PayPal with all the tracking stuff. I still have that in a folder. It's like this big because there's probably like 20 orders or something. Uh, because it was such a gratifying feeling and I, I just will never get over that. And, and yeah, it, it really is, is, it's a special thing. I can't put it in the words. It's really hard to sometimes. I know exactly what you mean. I mean, this, this podcast was born out of, um, I lost my mobility, uh, due to a spinal issue. And mm-hmm. I was like, I need to do something creative. And I'd always been a writer. So I was like, well, I talk a, a lot. That's what I do. And I was like, and I love horror because, you know, we're all 80s kids here. Uh, I like to think I'm pretty well preserved, but, you know, we're all <laughs> relatively the same age or close to it as you. And it was just like, I want to talk about horror. It's like my life. And and then, you know, Eric and I, we created a horror professional makeup company it's a beauty makeup but it's like we have so much fun like designing that and like when people buy that i'm just like oh my god they bought the slasher palette that we created you know wearing freddy tonight um but yeah so i completely get that because it's just like the success of this show i get chills mm-hmm. like it was born out of the fact like i i have to do something with my time and i can't you know, do the other things that I used to do. So it's it's interesting how that like breeds these creative, awesome things that we end up doing like professionally, like, wow. And you just, for me, I'm with you. Like you just never get over it. Like, wow, 
people want to hear what I have to say. You know, that's 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 an awesome thing. So that I like that story. Thanks. Yeah, no, it's true. And and you know, it's funny these days obviously we've grown quite a bit and and but it's still like I see people comment like, "Well, I just bought this," or you know, they're posting it, and I just it still it still can be overwhelming sometimes. You know, if you just scroll through and you're like, "Wow!" Like I can't believe the outpouring of of support. It's it's incredible. Will you see me tag you guys all of them? And then you're always so kind about it. Like, okay, this chick just tagged me for the third time this week, and with her new bright red shirt, and you're just still like, you know, your little emojis and. But I, I try. I always try to con I, I I try to keep up with all those because I I and I you know I I have a couple people that kind of check in there too, but I'm so into like. I just, I cannot stop checking because I just want to make sure everyone knows that I see it or someone sees it on our side. If it's not just me, it's somebody that sees it. Cause I, I know what that's mm -hmm. like. You want to connect, you know? It's exciting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember the first time I even got my very first Fright Rack shirt, ironically, it was actually at a Hot Topic and it was the, what would Jason do? And this was in, I think, 2006, <laughs> 2006. The, infamous, the infamous summer of snakes on a plane when, when that was like the big internet like thing. And I remember seeing this and I was like, this is like the coolest fucking t-shirt like I've ever seen. And then I went on your site because I had like the, the actual like, like little tag on there that it was, that it was from Fright Rags. And I'm like, all right, let me see what else they have on there. And I remember the originals, it was that one. It was the um, Jack Nicholson, Jack Torrance. It was the Ash. Um, I think it was Bub, and I think there was a couple of others that are escaping my mind now. But I mean, I remember fully, um, and this is like this isn't even meant to whatever. I went through like a pretty like weird breakup with a with a woman back in like two thousand. I think it was like two thousand like like thirteen, and I was like, I need some retail therapy, and I think <laughs> I went ballistic on your site. I think I bought the um, I bought a lot of the limited stuff that you had at that time. It was the Freddy versus Jason. When mm -hmm. they're going in the circle, I actually still have that one. I have the May T-shirt that you had put out. One of my favorites from back in that that time when you were really kind of going like, you know, balls out, um, like mashup was the Breaking Jacob T-shirt. <laughs> I still have that when they're all, you know, when it's when it's yep. Teen Wolf, the Wolfman, and yep. Werewolf, like tearing apart, you know, Jacob. Um, I guess to kind of continue on with with that time frame, where at that point, like, what ideas when when those are coming up, like, how did you? you know, get those ideas, like, like the infamous, like Carrie with the Kool-Aid man spelling like, like the Kool-Aid on her idea. So like how, did, how did those all come about? You know, it's funny. It, it, it all happens organically. And a lot of times, especially when you're talking about Nico, and it's funny because when I saw your name pop up, I was like, I know that guy because yeah, I recognize your name. I because was like, I'm, I'm oh. always buying stuff. Dude, yep. you guys. Uh, and I appreciate that. So I was like, holy shit. Um, but uh, yeah, so those types of ideas, a lot of them were born out of necessity, you know, when we, when I first started this and it was just me and for many years, it was just me, you know, there was no licensing. I, I, to be fair, the first license I ever got actually in, this is a whole other story, but it was actually Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3. I got it from Michael Simpson, the director and writer. And that was like within like two months of me starting this whole thing. I remember him faxing me a license agreement to my, my work. <laughs> it was just funny. I still have that license today. Unfortunately, he passed several years ago, but he basically grandfathered me in to say, just keep it forever and pay this person. You know, I was like, cool. But I always knew it. I wanted to be licensed, but I didn't know how that worked. I didn't know, you know, especially major studios and things. And I would have these calls with people way early on and I couldn't afford it. And I didn't even, I mean, there was a license agreements that were 30 pages long and all this stuff. So anyway, I knew someday we'd have to get there, but until then we would basically have to be unlicensed. And 
I always hated that feeling. It felt really weird to me, but I also knew that we were on a roll. So a lot of these parody designs came out of this idea of what can we do with these characters that make it not only fun and interesting, but also gets around certain copyright and, and, and issues with that. So if they ever came after us, and I've actually, you know, I, it's funny, the lawyer that we use, um, I haven't talked to him in a while. He's a friend of mine, though, but Larry Zerner, who played Shelley in part three, he's a copyright attorney in L.A. And we've had a lot of conversations where I've uh, basically sought his legal counsel for a lot of these designs to ensure that, like, for example, Jason Edmiston and I came up with the idea of redoing the Kill Destroyers album as Kill, you know, Kill Destroyer and having the, you know, Jason and Freddie and Chucky and um, Leatherface on it. We that didn't was use the Mike. first shirt of yours that I ever saw. Oh, that's awesome. Because... And I'm a big Kiss fan, so I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Well, it's funny because we wanted to use Michael and everyone's like, why is it Michael? Why is it Michael? Well, we were getting the license to Halloween finally for the first time ever, and they did not want us to use Michael on that design, even though it was a parody. And I was not about to piss anybody off that we were about to get the license for. But I also, to be completely honest, I thought Chucky made it look hilarious because you got this little guy jumping through the air. So when that idea came up, that was the same thing. I talked to Larry about it because I know how litigious Gene Simmons is. Come to find out, they put it on the cover of their website and Facebook page. Yeah. I was like freaking out. I'm like, we're going to get sued. And my good buddy and, and Larry's like, you know, it's fine. And there's other examples of parodies and stuff. But I'm like, no, because, you know, I'm sure Gene didn't put that on himself. When he finds out, he's going to be after us. Well, come to find out my buddy met him a few months or a year later. He was wearing that shirt. And Gene was like, hmm. <laughs> I should I should sue and he's like no that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, thank you, Gene. Um, so that's surprising. Yes, it is. So I'm a lot of those ideas happen because it was just like, what can we do that's interesting and new? And these days we don't do as many parodies because it actually does kind of mess up with licenses that we have. You know what I mean? Like if we already have a license for something and we try a parody, it, a it might not get approved because it's too close to whatever else we're parroting. And they don't, you know, a lot of these studios don't want to take any chances. And other than that is we have the right. So we can do official things and, and have fun within certain limitations, of course. But one of the parodies, I think that um, it was a couple, I think it was 2020 and I, I had to get it. You, when you released the, um, the Fright Night, the Christine, the mashup with Back to the Future. But my, yeah, my so favorite, those are fun to do. Yeah, exactly. But, but my favorite, my favorite, 100% was the Silver Bullet. The fact mm -hmm. that you mashed it with Purple Rain, because Candy and I are huge Prince fans. We are. So that one, when when that was announced, dude, like, I, I think I lost my shit. I mean, I ended up buying the, the Christine one for my best friend for Christmas, because she, she freaked when she saw it. Because she loves, you don't ever see a, a t-shirt with Keith Gordon on it, ever. So, and she and she loves him. So, I was like, alright, that's a no-brainer for Christmas. And I, and I bought it back when you got it, had released it then, and held it for months for her for Christmas. But that Silver Bullet Purple Rain shirt, holy shit, dude. Like, I freaked. Well, I that's freaked the thing. I saw that. We still do it for things that we know. A, either we can't get the rights to, for example, just to give you a little insight, we tried getting the rights to Christine from Sony. And number one, it was like crazy expensive. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. That's dumb. Mm. Two, we couldn't even use any likenesses, which I pretty much assumed. We couldn't use the car. Okay. Wow. Because we would have to get a separate license from like Plymouth or um, 
uh, you know, like whoever owns it now, is it, is it Dodge owns it, whatever, we'd have to get the rights for that. So it's like, okay, we're never going to be doing Christine shirts officially like that. Like, it's just not going to happen. But uh, Tansky, who's our production manager. Oh, he, I, know, I know Tansky very you well. You know Tansky. He's, he's got great. great ideas. And he came up with this kind of like what if series. And I was like, because we had done a Revenge of the Nerds a long time ago that was like, what if Revenge of the Nerds, what, you know, or the, sorry, the, the mashup series, I think we called something else. Now I can't remember because we did the, the what if was the Mr. Mom and stuff like that we did this past year. But yeah, we came up with those ideas for the Silver Bullet and the Christine. And what was the other one we did? I can't remember. Oh, Fright Night Fever. <laughs> oh yeah, Fright Night Fever, of course. And okay. it was just so hilarious. When we sit around and we talk about this stuff, and these ideas come up. If we just start laughing and we're like, oh my God, then we know we have to do it because it's now just this thing. Even if it never sold, I'd be like, we have to do this idea. Like, it's going to kill me if I don't wear this shirt, you know? Um, Erica. Um, so in terms of uh, horror films, um, do you have a, a particular favorite uh, era that you view as um, your what you think is the golden age of horror cinema? Oh man. I mean, it's, it's, I know this, this is, this sounds so obvious to say, but I have to say eighties because a it's when I grew up. Right. So I was exposed to so many films during that era, but I really think if you take all the decades of film, right. Especially when horror genre. Yes. Of course you got the thirties and forties with universal monster. You have hammer horror in the fifties and sixties. And then you get into the seventies with all the kind of the, like the weird, not weird ones, but like lengthy, like Omen and Exorcist and Burnt Offering, stuff like that, where you start kind of getting into these like long drawn out things. 80s, it was like, we're just going to do whatever the hell we want. And it doesn't matter. You watch some of these films today and you're like, wow, I can't believe you couldn't make that today. It yeah. is like, it was like Wild West, throw everything to, well, now with the 90s, it starts getting a little bit more, I don't want to say contrived. What I mean is like um, a little more uh, narrow field to me. Like I, there was some crazy stuff going on and then it started getting a little bit more self-referential with Scream and, and which I absolutely adore Scream, but like all the movies that came after, it became sort of folded onto itself, but it relied on that previous era to kind of do that. Whereas the 80s was just like, Oh, is this going to make money? Let's make 30 of them. And I love that sort of just unabashed, like, it was clear to me what they were doing. Maybe not at the time. At the time, I thought it was all these brilliant masterminds that were writing these things. And I was like, no, they, they had no idea what the hell they were doing. So to me, it's just this reckless abandonment of this era of most of the decade. And again, at late 80s, it was like, you know, I mean, look, Friday 13 Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. That's I mean, my favorite yeah. of the series. Is it really? I mean, look. Yes, and I know that's that's like it's the worst like, look, thing to say. <laughs> I like it too, but I mean, when we started getting into like Dream Child era and like the Thorn stuff with Halloween, you start going, okay, we're running dry here. Even yeah. though I still love that stuff, you know what I mean? I still love it. Oh yeah, it's freaking yes. crazy. So well, with with Jason takes Manhattan, we can't figure out how they get the yacht out of Crystal Lake to Manhattan. And <laughs> but then who we cares? Were talking about that they get mugged within like 15 seconds of being there. And there's just random barrels of toxic waste just hanging out. Because <laughs> that's and what happens in Manhattan, right? The, I first, mean... the first Jason movie that we covered was Jason Takes Manhattan at my behest. Because I am a Freddy person. 
And I was like, so if we're going to do Jason, because, you know, I make the schedule. I'm like, we're doing Jason Takes Manhattan. Because it was the one that, you know, it's it's a god-awful, horrible movie. <laughs> and and I know it. I know it. Just mm-hmm. like uh, The Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3. Like, I love them, but oh. they're hot trash. I love them, though. They're great. Oh, yeah. They're one, that was, honestly, part two is one of my favorite movies. I know. I was just Thank talking you. about Thank it on you. another show. Thank it, you. As much as I love part three, part two is like... The Slut Sisters and like just everything is so fucked up with that movie. I fucking love it. Oh, I love it too. I saw that in Georgia when I was 12. It had just come out on VHS. I was visiting a friend and I'm like, I don't even know what this is because I hadn't seen part one yet. And oh, her, shit. her cover, okay. you know, she's got the wow. glove thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's Jason. She's Freddie. What is this? And we watched it. And I was like, um, I like, especially as a 12 year old, I was like, yeah. right. Well, when it comes to Sleepaway Camp, too, and, and we, we've talked about this in the past, the outhouse scene where she's got the stick and she's shoving her. I can she's still I can still smell that scene. Oh, Every yeah. time I watch, and then she it. comes up with the <laughs> leeches on her face, and you're just like, "Ew!" But yeah, and then uh, just the end, the whole end thing was just great in that cabin, and just I, I, I love Angela Baker. Like she's completely underrated. Oh, totally. And and, and again, I love Felissa Rose, and I, I love Part One, and that that's mm-hmm. you know it's great. Absolutely. But there's something about Pamela Springsteen in two and three that I just she's it, fun. She's having she's a good fun. time. And it's just, it's so warped in the best possible way that I just, I eat it up, man. I just watched that movie, those, both of them. And I'm just like, she's these are ruthless in it. Uh. I like when she's okay, I'm going to take you home. And she's lecturing them uh, the girl. And then she just takes the drill to her head. <laughs> it's and just it, like it, no hesitation. <laughs> yeah. And what I love about it, which I don't really know that I processed until later on in all honesty is i you think back to it and go this was a female killer doing this and she was mm-hmm. ru- she was bad ass at doing it it wasn't like no hesitation. oh it's a killer no she was like one of the most really brutal killers if you think about it because she was just like in your face like i'm going to kill you right now or whatever i'm gonna super, run over you like self-righteous like yeah. well you know you need to save yourself and, you know, for the right, you know, because she takes to Renee Estevez's character. Oh, right. yeah. uh, what's her name? Molly in the movie. It's mm-hmm. been like uh, probably six months. I'm due for a rewatch. But <laughs> um, I, I just really love that movie. And I have to defend that all the time. And I was just like, why do I have, you know, that's the beauty of 80s horror. Um I always called the golden age and you know, the in search of darkness, like we just ate that shit up mm-hmm. and you were on that. Um, I was like, here's a dude who gets it. Um, like it, it was just, it was such a fun time when we got to go, uh, we all went to Joe Bob Chambry together <laughs> and I wanted to bring that up. Uh, but, uh, you know, they showed one of my favorite movies of all time which uh, is one of our most listened to episodes, uh, Night of the Demons. Mm. And I, so I, at the time that it came out, I was like eight years old. And of course I'd seen it on, uh, my mother worked at a video store when oh, this yeah. mom and pops where they had the real nasty, mm-hmm. great, gritty, horrible shit that they did to have. Cause it was like, oh, Blockbuster. I'm like, Blockbuster was puritanical bullshit, but. <laughs> yeah, um, it was. 
But yeah, so like we got to go to that and, and it's like we knew that there was going to be an exclusive poster. We knew that there was going to be a, a tea um, and all this stuff. And I'm getting to meet my fucking hero that I've been I had this whole story uh, about, you know, uh, how Joe Bob was so influential to me when I was 18. Uh, that's when Monster Vision was on. And it was like Monster Vision and MST3K like got me through a really difficult time in my life. And I would handwrite letters to Joe Bob, okay? Um, this is my little story, and I promise I won't hog the floor here. But uh, you guys know this story because you were there. But uh, he, I handwrote these letters, and this is when everybody has a home computer. We were broke. We were lucky to have cable. And he handwrote me letters back. And, and that got me, I had agoraphobia at the time, got me to step outside the house. I'm like, you did what my therapist couldn't do, what my family couldn't do, and I had to tell him in person. So we're there. It's hot as fuck. I've got my limited edition poster and my, you know, my tea and, you know, all this stuff. Because you know, it was just fright rags everywhere there. And it was great. And oh we were God, just, like, yeah, buying like crazy. Everywhere. Because I was in a wheelchair, you know. It's unfortunate because I'd, I'd rather not be, but, like, people feel sorry for you. They mm. were just handing me stuff. And then Nico gets it because I couldn't get to Darcy. I couldn't get to Joe Bob. Mm -hmm. So Nico, like, said, hey, my my friend came all the way out here and, uh, you know, really wants to meet Joe Bob. And Joe Bob met us as a podcast, gave us, like, 20 minutes of time, anything we asked for, he took the poster from me and my sweaty note that I was holding my handwritten letter <laughs> and he wrote, he didn't even ask me what I wanted on there. He, and it's just like, it's framed by my bed. It's so important to mm. me, that poster and, and getting to tell him in person and him saying, you know, you are so special. And now we email each other and I'm just like, holy shit. And then he sent me, um, the season three fright rags tea. Oh, and, um, it was just, you know, like, it, it was so special. And, you know, Fright Rags was, was right there with me. Oh, that is, like, so touching. And that's amazing. Like, he is, he's incredible. Like, we, I mean, so I'll tell you this story if you want to hear it. I mean, I don't know. If, you Absolutely. Know. So yes. Basically, you know, I, I, I loved Monster Vision. I didn't have cable, like, in the 80s or whatever when it was on Showtime and stuff. So I knew him of Monster Vision. That was TNT's Monster Vision was at 98 to 2002, 2003, right? Friday, Saturday night, depending on the year. I know it switched time. And so I always, you know, loved him. Years go by, and I had this Google Doc of ideas. And always on my Google Doc somewhere was Monster Vision, Monster Vision. And I would look up rights or trademarks, and it seemed like it was dead and whatever, and then years go by and we, you know, we've been working with Justin Osborne, the amazingly talented Justin Osborne. And this was probably, I don't know, around the time of 2015, 2016-ish. He goes, you ever thought about doing Monster Vision shirt? And I was like, holy shit, yes, I want to. It just hasn't come up yet. I'm like, but I would love for you to do one. So I finally reached out. I was able to reach out to Joe Bob. Um, got in touch with him. I forget how. And he was cool with us doing it. You know, we paid him a license fee or whatever. And then I asked him, I said, you know, we do this uh, monthly screening series at a local theater called Saturday Night Rewind. Would you want to come up here and host a movie? And this is 2016. He's like, yeah, it'd be great. So we paid for him to come up. He came up by train. Um, and this was in October. It was the first week in October. My brother and I built a Monster Vision set. We took... Um, 
uh, pleated uh, metal and we made like a faux trailer. I got a tube TV and a lawn chair and we had it all set up on the stage. And the movie we were going to show was The Warriors because he wanted to show that because he had a whole thing about The Warriors that he could talk about. So he gets in. It was Friday. I'll never forget. It was Friday night. It was like 730. I pick him up at the train station. I already had his accommodations taken care of. I'm like, all right, you know, I'll drop you off the hotel. And I'm like, if you want to get something to eat, we can go out to eat. He's like, yeah, let's go out to eat. I'm like, great. So the hotel was right down the street from the theater. And I said, and we were the, the place by the hotel was too noisy. He's like, do you have any place else? I'm like, yeah, there's a place down the street. It's like a sunken in beer garden, right? So we go there, hanging out, we're eating. And I don't know how it came up. We were talking about cigars for something. And I mentioned there was a place across the street, like a cigar lounge. So I love cigars and stuff like that. He goes, afterwards, he goes, hey, you want to go have a cigar? I'm like, yes. So we go across the street. We're sitting there drinking whiskey and cigars and, and having cigars until about 12, 31 in the morning. And then... The next day, Saturday, uh, he had to come to the office to sign all the posters that we were giving away that night. While he's signing them, I'm taking a picture and posting on Twitter. I get a DM from this Diana Prince, who was a, a customer of ours, which I knew she had mentioned us before at times here and there. She's like, oh, my God, I am such a big Joe Bob fan. I'm meeting him for the first time next week. I'm so nervous. I don't even know what I'm going to say. I'm like, no, he's super cool. It's like, cool, whatever. And so we get to the theater. We went out for dinner um, and we get to the theater and we had everything set up. He does his 45 minute intro for the Warriors. And then we go to show the movie and I'm in the lobby and I was about to sit down for the movie. He goes, hey, you want to go down to that place and have another cigar and whiskey? I'm like, yeah, because it was like a block away. So we walked down there throughout the entire movie. We didn't even watch the movie. We were having cigars and drinking whiskey. We come back. We do a Q&A, which I think, I don't know if that's on YouTube or not on the set that we built. And then that was done. He met with the fans. He hung out. It was literally midnight. And he's like, let's go back to that place. <laughs> we went back, did the same thing until three in the morning. Wow. And then I picked him up in the morning at like nine o'clock, nine 30. And we went and had brunch. We may have been a little later. And then I dropped him off at his, at his train. So it was just an incredible, incredible weekend. And uh, you know, what fast forward, what a year and a half later or so I get this, message in twitter on dm and it was diana print you know she's like hey guess who's the new male girl and i was like what and then of course <laughs> the last drive-in and then the rest is freaking history in the last almost four years right i love diana she is so sweet and delightful she's amazing and she... i i am so 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 happy for her i know i know she gets a lot of shit and i i just she but she is such a She's such a good person. It's not, it, I just, I don't, I don't get it when I hear all the crap she takes because she's such a good person and she's doing it all for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Like it's a true, it's a true thing. It's not this putting on airs or playing a part. It's like, no, like she's the real deal. And it was way before last driving. You know what I mean? Like this isn't some like, oh, I'm going to jump on this bandwagon or, or pretend to be something I'm not like that's her, you know? Yeah, when I heard her story, uh, I read about it, uh, bloody disgusting maybe, mm. um, about how, you know, she she was like, you know, you need to bring the show back. And Joe Bob was basically like, okay, I'll do it, but you have to, you have to do it with me. And, you know, she was like, no, 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 I can't, I can't possibly live up to the other male girls and stuff like that. But like, like she has such a, a bigger role 
than the others did. Yes. And 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 when I was 18 years old, I I would have literally hacked off my arm if I could have been the male girl. Oh, and yeah. and she is just so sweet, but I didn't get to meet her at the jamboree because mm. where she was at and she uh was called away a lot, um, was through grass and my, my wheelchair wouldn't get through the grass. So I didn't get to meet her, but I did get like 20 minutes with Joe Bob and like the best dad hug ever. I have daddy issues. Um, <laughs> I wish he was my dad. Um, but, uh, somebody who loves Joe Bob as much as I do. And Erica was able to go up and we, you know, for our makeup company, give her one of the palettes we do. It was our killer palette at the time where we were doing killers, but not slashers because we were working on a slasher palette, which we have now. But, and it's like, so Nico goes, and this was fairly recently, and he's like, you want me to get her autograph for you? And I was like, yes. And I guess she was at the same table with Joe Bob. And he's like, she knows who you are. I'm like, well, I'm thinking we do have this random back and forth. We love, both love Weezer and all these things, but I didn't think I was anybody special. But, like, when he told me she knew who I was, I about died. And then Joe Bob signed the thing, too. And I'm like, my heart, my heart, I love you both so much. I just want to hang out with you. It's, you know, it's incredible what they've built over the past several years with Last Drive-In. And every Friday night, seeing on Twitter those, like, movies that should have never be trending are trending on Twitter because of them. And it's like, it warms my heart. Cause again, we grew up watching this, but we were essentially by ourselves watching with Joe Bob. It was like watching it with a buddy. Like I legitimately remember the feeling of being home and I was, you know, in my early twenties, but still it's Friday, Saturday night, 11 o'clock or whatever. And it felt like I was watching a movie with somebody. And I, I never, and again, unless I had a friend over, I never had that experience. I just watched them by myself. Now on Friday nights, I'm watching them with thousands and thousands of people. Yes. Or it's whatever. So beautiful. It's, it's such a, I would never watch things on my own. I'm sorry. I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> we, we have that because we watch it yes. and then we, 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 we have a group chat for our, mm -hmm. our podcast mm -hmm. and we're all like talking about the movies because not everybody on the show watches it, but like we do. Mm hmm. Like, my, my friend Dottie went and got the things on, I think it was either DVD or Blu-ray, after Joe Bob showed it. So right. that, that that says it all. Right and there. Erica was already a fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I grew up with uh, Monster Vision as well. And that, that show was kind of my first introduction to a lot of horror movies as a teenager since uh, my parents were very uh, conservative and didn't want me watching that stuff. So it kind of took me a while to get caught up with those. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I got my parents to be Joe Bob Converse as well. So even they looked forward to watching Monster Vision every week. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's great. He, he, it's great to see the community come together like that. Now, I have a question because I know, because um, again, and, and I'm not trying to, you know, this isn't hyperbole. This is like fact because you've seen my Instagram and I tag you in how much stuff with mm -hmm. what I buy. Like, I mean, the fact that I own my, my, my wardrobe, my, my closet of the 300 t-shirts I have, I think, 275 are yours <laughs> it might have um, like 95 percent i was but, like which fright shirt, which fright yeah, shirt but <laughs> one thing I, I think that that kind of sets um you know your your company apart from others and we're going to get into like the other products that eventually you have been putting out but one thing i think that was smart that you guys did that you know you didn't just stick specifically to horror i mean there's there's t-shirts for uhf there's t-shirts for bill and ted's excellent adventure i mean Christ, man, there's a fucking George Carlin shirt because of you, yes. which 
like I mean, otherwise that wouldn't have existed. I mean, what else? The Back to the Future T-shirts like that are that are fucking badass. And what else? You did um, you did a lot. Like you did uh, what the uh, was it? Plastic Fang was like the like the, mm -hmm. yep. the branch off, right? And now it just kind of absorbed back into Fright Racks. It's just to kind of do the same thing anyway. But are there any like pop culture um like licenses that besides the ones that you put out that you haven't had the chance to do yet or are there some now that you have put out that maybe you would be like i want a second crack at that um that's a good question so you know it's funny you bring up plastic fame because you're right like when i think of myself as a fan obviously i'm a horror fan of course but i mean i remember seeing back to future 1985 and trying to get my bike up to 88 miles per hour right like i remember bill going to see bill and ted's and stuff so i'm such a fan of just pop culture and, and movies and i know a lot of us fans are fans of other things it's not literally just horror i mean we like other stuff so it was partly let's make a shirt for rad because i love rad and i you know we couldn't get you know we still really can't get the license for it and luckily it's been put out on 4k which i still can't believe in my wildest dreams not only did we get an official release but it was on 4k for god's sake so thank you vinegar syndrome and my buddy <laughs> justin the liberty at there for making that happen but um anyway like it was stuff like that so plastic fame was sort of born out of this idea of what if we did things that weren't horror and you know again i went to like commando and and or um uh, what do we do we did a or a um running man and like you know these types of films yeah, well, E.T., well, again, E.T. is probably my second favorite film of all time. I mean, I saw that in the theater when I was a kid. It affected me greatly. Um, and so, and, and again, those were, those ones were licensed, and we did even Garfield's Halloween Adventure, you know. It's, it's I remember that, horror yeah. adjacent, but it's not, you know, straight up horror, right? Or General Mills, again, it's horror adjacent, but it's not scary. Um, so I thought, you know, let's try, but I was worried because I didn't want fans to think that, I don't know. I just felt like we needed to separate it. So that was the idea behind Plastic Fang. And then I thought, well, shoot, I don't know if I want to start a whole other website. There's a whole other thing to keep up. And I said, maybe it can just be a section on Fright Rags. But then I thought, you know what? People don't seem to mind if Fright Rags does something that's not horror because it's still us. And it's still more than just, I mean, listen, we will always be horror. It's not going away. Right. <laughs> We're not changing the, everything. But I want to have fun and honestly i look at these other properties and go i want back to the future we already have a great relationship with universal why not do back to the future as well one of the ones that we did that again this was actually when we asked universal about this they said um we got to get back to you it's never been licensed out before and that was the burbs um yeah. you know it was obviously for home video that's a different story but in terms of merchandise they're like well look we can't give you anything in terms of you, know, you can't use likenesses we have no assets to give you because a lot of companies want to give you like certain assets you have to use. I'm like, oh no, don't worry about it. We got this. Just just make sure we can do it. And once we got it on the agreement, I'm like, yes, because that's going to be awesome. Um, so in terms of getting another crack at, I mean, we have some, you know, other properties we haven't even released yet that could, are going to be fun that we might try. Um, we're going to be doing more for Back to the Future, more for Bill and Ted's this year. So those are two coming up. We're doing more for ET because it's the 40th anniversary this year. Right. Um, so we've got a few things coming up this summer that I'm looking forward to. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, but I'm I'm really just grateful that fans and our customers have really accepted that because you know, and and, and it's it's not easy because like something like Back to the Future, you you do a search for Back to the Future shirts and you're going to find 800,000 of them, and 
you know, and again, you can't use likenesses. There's a lot of limitations. So I'm like, I, I just don't want to do exactly what everyone has done before. And I, listen, I know we put out things that other people have done, you know, similar takes on. I get it. But at the same time, I really wanted to try something different. I thought we did a pretty good job at the time. I, I still would like to push it and do more. Um, it's just trying to, I just don't want to slap the same thing on a shirt that other people have done because I just want to try something different. It's just been, you know, right. trying to work up those, those creative it's angles. definitely like the attitude of this podcast. We were doing the same things they're always doing, but mm -hmm. nobody does it like us. Yeah. Can you, it's like, can you put a spin on it? And what is that spin? You know what I mean? That's always like, we're completely like, irreverent and rude <laughs> and obnoxious, which is cool. Like, that's great. You know, people like it. And I'm surprised. No one's more future. surprised than me. Back to the Future. Like I actually missed out on the um the, the pulp sci-fi cover with the um Darth Vader from Planet mm -hmm. Vulcan t shirt, but I got my other favorite t shirt that you, with the Johnny B. Good shirt. Oh yeah, where you out, which, and honestly as much as like like the, the, the pulp cover is is awesome, I like the simplicity of that Johnny B. Good shirt. So like when I when I got I was like, all right, I'm a little upset. I missed that one because it sold out, but when I got I'm like, damn, I'm like this Johnny B. Good shirt is fucking dope as shit. Like I wear that out, and people are like, "Is that Back to the Future?" And I'm like, "Absolutely." Where'd you and get I that? Fright rags. Thank you, man. Because I, I actually, I actually have that. It's funny. I have that one in my closet, and uh, and I, I like that one too. Actually, that one to me spoke to me more because I actually tend toward when I just wear like when I wear stuff during the day, like you know, just throwing something on. I tend to go for more simple type designs for myself. And I actually like the simplicity. When Kyle brought that up to me in terms of what he was going to do, I was like. I love it because it says Back to the Future without saying Back to the Future. It and speaks volumes of, yeah. of that scene. Everybody, everybody knows that, that iconic scene. When exactly. Good, so, and I, you know. if, if we can keep, you know, again, we, we, especially with some of the licenses that we've had for a long time, you got to try different things. And sometimes, you know, for example, um, you know, getting back to like being creative, like we, we've done Jaws so many times and we, we try to keep thinking of creative ways to do Jaws and we've always tried to, you know, because then you can't use likenesses. But what, what was it? Was it last year or two years ago? We, we decided to replicate the crew shirt. Now, I know that's available other places, and it's actually available unlicensed in tons of places. But I thought, well, if we did it on Vintage White, and it's kind of a cool thing because there's that picture of Spielberg wearing it. Hey, it's licensed. It's, we're just going to replicate it. Whatever. Like it's, It was like, and we're doing other stuff, but here's the crew shirt. We could not keep that thing in stock. It I, was I, can, I, I can attest because I, I tried, and every time I, I went on to get it, it was gone. The only thing I was, did... <laughs> I, I did manage to get the Jaws three, the the the, the okay. blue one, which I, I know that one's hard to get now. And mm -hmm. I somehow, by like the grace of God, knock on wood, got the Jaws bathing suit that you put out too. Oh, nice! Thank so you. I, I did get those too. So thanks. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't mind doing poster art stuff and other things if I if I haven't seen it out a lot and I know like okay, this would be cool on blue or whatever. But that again, there's certain things where I'm like, I didn't think we weren't planning on that one to be the bestseller. We were just having that with a, as a compliment to other things we were doing. And then, then you have the one that was like the sleeper hit and you're like, really, that one was the best seller. I can't believe it. It was insane. But I'm hey, I'm grateful if people like it. That's, that's awesome. And uh, two that grabbed me were, uh, the tales from the crypt. That is the EC comics, mm. uh, version. That's why I have the pajamas and, mm -hmm. uh, of course, misfits. Um, uh, oh, it was, it was, yeah. Sean yeah. Well, I first I wanted to start out by saying you mentioned rad, and I'm over here waiting for some thrashing. 
shirts. Oh, interesting, because oh. that's coming up this year. No Oh, holy kidding. shit. Oh that's, and I, we have not told anybody that, so you guys are the first to hear that. Um, Ooh, exclusive. Nice. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I have to look at our schedule. I want to say that we're doing it this year, if not this year, next year, but we, it, we have the rights. So that's so we, awesome. That we got to so figure awesome. out what we're doing with it because, again, we are very limited, but um, I'm excited. So, yeah, yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. That's awesome. Uh, no, but piggybacking off off the whole you know licensing thing and, and what Candy had talked about. So 2016, you guys released the Misfits shirts. Um, mm-hmm. And the second we saw those, fans. got them. And I'm curious, how difficult was that? Was did you have problems getting the licensing for that? I mean, the Misfits are kind of notorious for yeah like, between Dan, Jerry Danzig, and Glenn at least. So okay, so the rights for that, interestingly enough, at the time, I don't know how it is now because you know they have that reunion now, um, which I, I don't know if you guys went to any other shows. With oh, those. we went to Chicago because oh, like, that's awesome. Cool. I went to uh, I went to it was New- our honeymoon trip. Oh my delayed. god, that's amazing. Yeah, I did the one in Newark in 2018. That was awesome. Um, Okay, so the rights were split up, right? So Danzig controlled certain rights through Live Nation, um, and then Jerry only controlled other rights. So John, um, their manager, John, is it was a customer of ours. So he bought stuff from us all the time. And so I reached, I, I honestly don't remember how it worked. If I reached out to him first or he reached out to me, it could be that I reached out to him. And I was like, I would, you know, I'm a huge fan. I want to do something with the Misfits, but I wanted to do something different. I didn't just want to do something that, you know, again, everybody else have done. Obviously, Misfits, everyone knows the Misfits. Everyone knows the, you know, Crimson Ghost. Everyone knows all that stuff. But it's like, what can we do to to make it Fright Rags, right? So, you know, we thought of doing these like vintage style movie posters. Of course, got Gary and, and Jason involved, Gary Poland and Jason Emiston. And then I got Kyle involved to do, I just wanted to do a fiend with the the, the Jason, you know, uh, markings and everything. So I thought that would be amazing. Um, so, you know, it actually wasn't hard to get. Um, it, the early stages of the creative process got, a, it was definitely got a little bit, um, they were definitely very particular about certain things which is fine. I just didn't know that going into it. And it was, it just took a while to get things just right. But when it, when it was done, I mean, we were all very happy with the outcome, you know what I mean? So that was, that was not a problem. Um, and you know, they did well, they did really good for the couple of years we had the rights and then we brought them back a couple of years later. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know if, I would like to do more at some point if, if it ever opens back up to us and we're able to do it. It's that funny. That's going to be my question. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we've kind of let it rest for a little while. And I know, again, they've been on, you know, well, obviously there's COVID, but I mean, in terms of them being back together, I don't know how that looks now in terms of rights. And I haven't really revisited yet because quite honest, we've been so busy with other things. Um, but it's, I feel like that's always a conversation I could kind of, you know, message john and be like hey you want to talk about doing more and we could do it maybe i don't know i mean unless something's changed we actually it's funny during so we had already put those out so this was around 2017 i think we either still had the rights or maybe those were expired at the time we got a call from live nation and they were the the licensing manager there was interested in talking to us about misfits i was like actually we did misfits with jerry only and come to find out live nation they actually were like, well, we already have enough licensees in these spaces. So, I mean, if, looking back at it now, we could have done probably some other categories, but it, 
at the time we weren't doing a ton of other categories like we do now. So I don't know. Um, it, listen, it's always something I, I'm a huge Misfits fan. So it would be something I would love to, to revisit someday if we get time. It's just, it's, you know, things just happen and we get real busy. So my hybrid moment shirt is probably one of my favorite Fright Rock shirts. Um, Cause it was just like, I don't know, like that's one thing. Sean and I like have always vibed on is misfits and mm -hmm. seeing them live because they broke up when I was like four. Um, and and having been, you know, we're huge punk fans. Uh, mm -hmm. and to, to the point where we get into subgenres, like one of our interviews was uh, Vic Victor from Coffin Cats recently. Mm. We're actually seeing them on uh, on Saturday. So I'm excited about that. But like, yeah, it, it, it's just like it when we saw that we were like, oh, my God, it was so amazing. Like that that was with the mommy. Can I go out and kill tonight and the hybrid moments? And so like we had to have that. And we're like, is there going to be more? And then and then the thing I missed out on and I have a question about is if you guys are going to revisit it. I missed out on the Twilight Zone collection. I was I'm a huge TZ fan. We've actually. Uh, I think in season two of the show, we uh, we did a whole episode uh, where we each picked several, you know, of the original run of Twilight Zone, and 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 just talked about that. And it, and it had its audience. It wasn't like our biggest hit, but it had its audience. And um, are you guys gonna revisit that? Because I, I missed I out. Uh, next Wednesday, this. actually. And yeah, I thought because I saw the thing and I wanted confirmation because yep. this time I'm not missing out. Yeah, I'm so not missing out. We're revisiting it next Wednesday. We're bringing back uh, some of the designs that we had done, and then we've got a couple new ones. Yeah, a couple new ones that we're doing. Um, yeah, we're gonna be doing more with it. So that was, you know, we had the rights for a little while. They expired. We went back to at the time it was just CBS and got rights to tell us from the dark side and Dexter and Twin Peaks and stuff. And then it was this weird, I don't know, it was this weird thing. Um, and that we were having some issues with some approvals and something. And at the time I was like, man, it would have been nice to maybe get Twilight Zone back. And our licensing uh, or our, our contact there was like, you know what? I'm adding Twilight Zone back into your contract because you guys have been dealing with all this stuff. I'm like, sweet and then it was funny because we went to you know again we just we just get really busy with a lot of things and we're trying to plan things out way in advance and we're like when we got to the point where we started submitting stuff for twilight zone we couldn't because it was it's a long story but licensing companies all these different systems you have to put stuff into and it wasn't available and i'm like um we were told we could have, and then people there was new people and they had consolidated with viacom and all of a sudden i was like oh my god and then they were like oh no you're good and then they added it to it for us i was like thank you so we were finally able to get some stuff pushed through and uh we're really excited i think it's it's interesting with some of these titles you know we put them out and they do okay you know twilight zone did fine and it was okay and then we let it go or whatever and then every few years it kind of things kind of kick back up again i mean i, I perfect example is today the crow you know we had that license for years and we've been doing crow stuff here and there but it hasn't been something we've really pushed for a couple of years although spencer's and on topic have been carrying it quite regularly and, and spirit. Of yeah spirit um i was so, gonna say spirit yeah because ever halloween they had a big thing. yeah and and it was which is great and it's been doing really well for us in those stores we haven't been serving it so well on our site because we just had other things cycling through. So we're like, okay, it's time to bring Crow back. And 
whew, today was crazy. Yeah, and I, I, can, like, I can attest. I, I picked up the uh, poster shirt this morning, the Believe in Angels one. Yep. I, yeah, I got one as soon as it went up on nice. 10 o'clock this morning. Thank so, you. Yeah. That's all. And we had to put that one and the Eric Draven one on pre-order already because we sold out. And, you know, again, we've been making we've been making more shirts up front than we usually do these last year and a half because things have just completely blown up. And it's like, okay, well, we got to, I guess we got to increase our order size in the beginning. <laughs> and you guys are doing Maniac, right? A new, because I, I am a, a, a Maniac, Maniac, I guess. Um, <laughs> but like Cavity Colors just did one mm -hmm. and yep. I had to have that one because I like the art on it. But I'm like, Fright Rags is going to do it. Okay, I'm in. I kind of gave her like the spoiler for it because I I'm he lucky did, enough that I, that I get I'm the okay with well it. no well I, I actually get the um the, the the Christmas card that you guys send out yeah to your customers so like this which by the way the new one was brilliant that it was like an old TV guide that was I thought, all, I thought I mean, that was great Joe and Tansky I give them all the credit <laughs> was great. these ideas every year yeah um I I kind of have a have a two part question um so to kind of get into now like that you guys have kind of um branched out even further now. Um, so you're not just doing t-shirts anymore. You, you do hats, but everybody does hats. So you took it a step further. You've released drinking glasses. Like I have the slaughtered lamb glass because American werewolf is my all time favorite horror movie. Yeah. And like you, my favorite franchise is Friday the 13th. But when you guys did the American werewolf shirts, I was like, holy fuck. Like I went broke. Dude, every time you guys will just, just side note. Anytime you release those T-shirts, like I buy every single one. Like I have awesome. every single one of the American. Like I mean, I have the see see you next Wednesday up there. Like that's you know. But I remember, and I don't know how I got lucky enough. I have it over there. I'm looking right at it. I got when you guys did the Nano for Force, the first mm -hmm. Halloween um, Army Men with the glow in the dark. Mm -hmm. So how how did it go from you guys were, were you know specifically just doing T-shirts to now you are expanding into drinking glasses and action figures like between joe bob and halloween and night of the living dead night living I, dead i i we we both have that i actually got candy the nano force night of the living dead for 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 her birthday so as soon as it ships like <laughs> you know, it's going right to her we're, we're literally I'm a romero fangirl oh i, I see my dawn of the dead yeah. back here and you see my flyboy and all that how, um, how did it how did it go from that that you guys did this and Another, this is almost not so much a question. I guess it's more of a congratulations thing because I saw um, you guys broke the internet with the Halloween Kills release, which oh I, bought, I, I bought three alone during the uh, the, the pre-order. I got the, you know, the Evil Dice Tonight. I got the poster and I got the one with him on fire, like the black one. Um, what was that like to have the overwhelming response for? So it's a two-part question. So yeah, so how did you guys get from that to that, and then the Halloween Kills? I'll jump into Halloween Kills real quick first because that. Obviously, you know, we'd had the rights for a little while. The movie was delayed. You know, it was shot in 2019. It was delayed. It was supposed to be in 2020, as we all know. It was delayed a year. So I think what happened was you just have this pent up. Like, we had Halloween 2018, and that did really amazingly well for us. So we knew rolling into Halloween Kills, we'd have to do the same thing. Would we do a pre-order way in advance to make sure we got all the demand, you know, and then re-release it around the time of the movie. So we just tried to serve as many people as possible in the best way we could do it. Um, and so we knew it was probably going to do really well. Like I just, you know, based on prior releases and things, we just, okay, this is going to do well. I honestly was incredibly overwhelmed by exactly how we would, I mean, we literally placed the largest order with our printer ever. Like it was insane. I'm like, 
how many shirts do we have to order right now? This is, I mean, it was coming in on pallets every day, just pallets of shirts. And it was so amazing. And then, you know, we get through the first wave of pre-orders and we, of course, we ordered a lot extra for the second wave. And then Jamie Lee Curtis goes ahead and starts, she, cause she I saw that with Demi Moore and Paris Jackson and everybody. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. And that, you know, quick behind the scenes on that basically is I was in touch with her a year ago when we did the Halloween lunchbox. A good friend of mine was one of the producers on Halloween kills movie. And he said that Jamie was really interested in getting some for, Oh, you got it. That's awesome. Oh, of course I got it. <laughs> and you know, he was interested in some of the lunchboxes for her charity for the children's hospital in LA. I said, yeah. And he's like, well, I'm going to put you in touch with her. I'm like, you're going to do what now? And he's like, yeah, you're, uh, here's her email. I'm going to put you in touch. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. So we emailed back and forth. I sent her some lunch boxes and a whole bunch of other stuff. That was great. So this year I was like, hey, uh, should I just, e-? you know, what I want to send her some shirts. And, and my buddy's like, just email her. I'm like, is that cool? And he's like, yeah, it's not a problem. So she and I just went back and forth. She goes, I love some, you know, send them here and whatever. And we, and she's like, oh, I'm going to need more. Is that cool? I'm like, yup. And then all of a sudden she messaged me. She's like, oh, by the way, check this, check this out. And she sent me that photo of them. And then she posted on Instagram. And I was like, oh my God. And she was even like, she's so like, cool. oh, I'm wearing one of your shirts tonight at the premiere. And I'm like, that's awesome. So it's like, I'm like, I don't understand what's happening in my life right now. Like, cause I, I did get to meet her in person once I was on the set of Halloween Kills uh, when we were filming. I, I guess in the pictures. Yeah. And that was like, a moment that I'll never forget, you know, in terms of meeting her. And we, it was weird because I didn't even get a chance really to introduce myself. We just started talking. It was crazy. But anyway, so that's how that happened. So it was incredibly overwhelming. That whole, it was literally two months of just like, I, I'm, it's insanity. And it was amazing. Um, so that's that. So in terms of where, how we got to where we are in terms of other products, it was a lot of it's born out of just well, what else would I want? You know, like as I'm a fan, right? So I wear t-shirts, but I also wear pants, <laughs> you know, why not lounge pants? Well, funny, the lounge pants, again, a lot of it's organically. My, my wife had bought me this lounge pants from Kohl's like 10 years ago. And they're like the most ridiculously comfortable things I've ever worn in my life. I have some really ugly ones that are just cozy because I live yeah. in them. I, I yeah. can't move around yeah. a lot. They're I'm, nice, right? You want to be have the, Like I said, the, the Tales from the Crypt on right now. Yeah, dude, yeah, just just so, so, just so you're aware, like I I picked up quite a few of the the lounge pants for people for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I have about four or five of them, and they're like the most comfortable things in the world. Thank you. Absolutely, well, that's, that's why I but wear them. <laughs> I was like, hey, I wonder if we could get these done with designs on them because the ones I had were black. So I literally bought them from Kohl's and sent them to our factory and said, is there some? Is this something we could do? Like, can you make something like this? And they sent me back samples and boom, that was done. And then, so, and again, a lot of it is also trying to get the rights. It's not just getting the rights to the films and the properties, but getting the categories. So we had to make sure we could do that because it's not just a given. Once you have the rights, you have to have specific categories. So then it was like, you know, like socks. I want to do socks and things like that. Hats, other stuff. I have a but lot of the socks. Stuff like the figures and the lunchbox, that's actually kind of a unique story because, um, so the the lunchbox and the nanoforce that's actually interesting because there's 2019 the end of 2019 a good friend of mine joe senna who used to run a company called fearworks years ago um he and i have been friends for a long time and uh we've known each other from conventions and stuff and he called me up and he's like hey and he at the time he wasn't running fearworks anymore but he was doing a lot of 
he would source things for people. So if someone had a license for something and they wanted to make, say, a figure or a lunchbox, he had factories and he basically plugged them together. He had a good relationship with Diamond Select. And he's like, hey, they're looking for lunchboxes. And he actually created the Nanoforce name and brand and the whole packaging idea. He's like, listen, they want horror stuff. You have horror licenses. Let's work together. And I'm like, that sounds like fun. He's like, we want to do a lunchbox and we want to do a Nanoforce. I have Halloween 6, but they don't want Halloween 6. They want Halloween the original. I said, well, guess what? You know, obviously we have the rights. I'm good friends with the guys who, you know, Malik and Ryan over at Trankus. Like we work very closely with them. Let me see what we can do. So I get on the phone with them, write them an email or whatever. And I'm like, listen, Diamond Select wants to order, you know, a few thousand of these lunchboxes and these nanoforce to put in stores like Target and stuff. Would you be cool with us doing it? Like we would help design the packaging. We'd have our name on it, but really we would um, just have it be a situation where it wasn't be on our site. It would just be in stores and we would just kind of broker that the whole thing. Okay. So Toy Fair comes around 2020. We're promoting that with Diamond and stuff and everything's great. Right. And then two weeks later, the whole world shuts down because of COVID. And we had already invested a few thousand bucks into tooling and product development and stuff. And I was like, we're dead in the water with this project. It's not going to go anywhere. So, and at the time we actually still do this, our friend at diamond, who is the one that we were talking to um, and Joe and a couple other guys, we actually have a meeting every, every Friday. It's our standing. We call it, Joe calls it the just us league. not Justice League. We get to just hang out and talk like this on zoom or Skype. And so I was like, look, Joe, what if we talk to Diamond and ask if, because at the time I didn't know if they were ever going to have this. So what if we just take it and put it on our website? And he's like, would you do that? I'm like, yeah, why not? I think it'd be fun. So we talked to Diamond. They're like, yep, don't worry about it. It's all good. You know, we don't know what's going to happen right now. I'm like, cool. So what happened was we decided, and again, nobody knows what nanoforces. I'm like, talk to Joe. I'm like, let's tell people over time with this is show them a figure a week, get really, get people understanding what this is all about, right? And so this is also, I don't really share this information a lot, but I'll, I'll talk about it because why not? We had already we had already committed ourselves to 2,500 nanoforce and um, 2,000 lunchboxes because that's the minimum order quantity we had to order from the factory. You can't order less than that. I said, all right, we already committed. The order was already in. So they were already being made, right? We were working on the packaging and the internal map, and that took months, but they were still in process. So they started shipping to us. We get the Nanoforce. We release it. We were going to release Nanoforce in September, Lunchbox in October. Be fun. The Nanoforce comes out and sells out in 10 minutes flat. Oh, 2,500 gone. I remember. I and got people, it like as soon as it went up, dude. People were pissed. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Joe, we cannot release this Lunchbox and just have 2000 if people didn't really know what nanoforce was and they sold out a freaking lunchbox with a thermos holy crap we cannot do this we already had 2000 on the water coming to us i said we got to do it as an open pre-order i can't i don't want to piss people off it wasn't listen it wasn't about trying to make more money it was more about i don't want to piss people off twice in, in six weeks like i can't do that right. so i said we got to have an open pre-order so we we actually got 2000 of those lunch boxes by the end of October, but we couldn't start shipping those out because we were not going to ship half the orders and have people wondering where theirs is. Right. Mm -hmm. So we, um, 
and not only that, we had a storm somewhere. It was a whole other, there was other factors, but anyway, we sold more than twice that amount. It was insane. Um, so we are like, okay, what else can we do? And then that got us to think about doing Night of Living Dead because we're good friends with them. And um, it really kind of got us on that motion. And then with the action figures, funny enough, the woman who contacted me from Live Nation, she had mentioned, because I was in LA at the time, I was, I was out there for some meetings and other things. It was the opening of Flashback Video. That's when we got the call and I got to go actually just go meet her in person because I was in LA. And she's like, oh, my boyfriend actually is, is from around you in this small town called uh, Newark, not Newark, New Jersey, Newark, New York, actually. And I was like, really? That's crazy. No one knows that whole area. Fast forward a year later, I get this email from this guy who worked at Mattel and then was at the time Super 7. He's like, oh, my girlfriend met you a year ago from Live Nation. I'm like, oh, wow, that's crazy. He's like, I'm going to be in town visiting my parents. Do you want to get dinner? I'm like, that'd be great. So we're talking, talking about figures and stuff. He's like, listen, I'm starting my own thing. Uh, you want to work together? I'm like, yeah, we should figure out what to do. Like a figure, because he's doing three and three quarter inch. It's a lot like reaction, but it's a little different. I'm like, I listen, as long as we can do something that's different, I don't want to just do the same figures everybody else does. I said, you know what? I think would be easy to get the rights to that wouldn't cause a lot of headache on our end is Joe Bob. We already do really good with him. Let's talk to him. So he'd be cool with it. Same thing. We're like, let's commit to a thousand figures, whatever. They sell sold out in like a half an hour. Yeah, they did. I was like, I got one. I kept missing I like, them. I was like, no. Oh, like so, I, I got one as soon as it went up, dude. Like I know, I know, and I saw the I saw the comments right after. They were like, fuck, I missed it. But I look, you know, sometimes the Christmas set for me. I did. Yeah, I got other. I got other the, the two pack that you put out for. Christmas. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I was mean, like, look. Yeah, I get Joe Bob and Darcy. Sometimes it's it's very hard. For us, it's not listen it's not perfect science we want to keep pre-orders open and allow as many people to get things as they want we want but at the same time especially now with supply chain issues as you know because you've been waiting on some stuff for like almost a year i i i would if i had to pick the two devils it, it's either sell out quickly and ship them right away or sell a ton more and keep people waiting for a year even though it's not our fault and piss people off and mm -hmm. I honestly would prefer just to have the stuff here and sell it. And then I don't want to make anybody mad, but if I had to pick one, I'm like, I just, I, it has been so hard. We have thousands of orders. We cannot ship right now. Thousands because it's night living dead lunchbox, Nano force, the Joe, Bob and Darcy figures. It's the Halloween figures, you know, and I get it. Listen, I don't want to wait for crap either. And I understand. And most people are very understanding, but it does affect me a lot when we want to do more of this, but I'm not going to keep releasing stuff and tell you, Oh, by the way, it'll ship in two years. Like, come on. Like, that's, right. I'd rather just order what I think we could probably sell. And then if we end up selling out, okay, maybe we do another run at some point, but Hey, at least you had a chance. Right. Um, so it's not perfect, but anyway, that's kind of, you know, look, we, people bring us ideas sometimes. Um, in fact, you know, I got a couple of things right over here. I can show you. I've already teased a little bit a couple of days ago, but you know, Joe Bob related, which is pretty cool. Um, that is just, you know, if, if it makes us smile and it makes us really think like, wow, that would be cool. We really try to go for it. And, and sometimes it's hard when you get items that are like, you got to order this many thousand at a time. And you're like, you know, we can't, I don't want to sit on them. We don't have the space. We don't have, I mean, we can't just have all that money tied up inventory and then you have to discount it and get rid of it and all this stuff and it's like ugh, i don't want to deal with that because it's it dilutes the idea you know what i mean i want it to be fun and interesting for people and have people get excited about it you know what i mean and that's 
as long as we can keep people and ourselves included excited, that's our sort of North star, you know? Well, one thing I think real quick before somebody else, I did, and I just want to say this as far as what the shipping goes. Um, and this isn't a knock to, you know, cavity colors or terror and terror. I'm good friends with Rick. So like, I know yeah, I know Rick too. He's a good he's guy. A yeah. Really good dude. Yeah. Um, it's nothing against them, but I, I, I would say like you, um, your, your company, and, and I think these guys will, will 100% back it up when it comes to the t-shirts. It's pretty quick. And I mean, I, I'm only in Scranton. I got so, my, you know, my Savini shirt early and I was like, yeah. Yay! That's what I mean. Like I'm, I'm in Scranton. I was there. I'm, I'm I'm like far, waiting for ten. I'm not far from you in Rochester, dude. So like yeah. when when it's like like my, my crow shirt, I know, and it's it's like clockwork because it is to the it's like down to a, to a science with you guys. And I think this is awesome. I ordered it today at ten a.m. I got the confirmation email that my order went through by Friday or Saturday. It will be on my doorstep. Yeah, it should and be. I mean, if you got, did you already get a shipping confirmation or no? Uh, probably. I mean, I have to. Love, if you didn't, it, well, if you didn't, just so you know, we've been filling the the Joe Bob ruins Christmas orders, the um the shirts and the coat bags and stuff. Um, so we were, we might be a day or two behind in filling the crow stuff just because they wanted to wrap that stuff but up. Even, but even week. still, it's not gonna. I'm not waiting like two. Like right, honestly, like, yeah, I, it'll it'll go out because it was in stock. And and here's we really do. Again, certain things like the figures and other stuff that are pre-order or even the shirts now that we had to put on pre-order and we try to let everybody know. It's just, we pride ourselves in trying to get stuff out. Like, I it, look, I, I couldn't ask for a better team. And, and literally, like, Heather and Jess and Eric, who do all the shipping, and just everybody else, I mean, that works with me, Chris, as you know, and Kimmy and Joe, and just in Liz, like, it's just amazing. We have the people that work with me care so much about what they do it's not just all oh, right i'm going to ship some orders today like they want to like come in like in, in just in terms of the shipping i'll just use that as an example like they want to get this shit out the door asap like they are motivated to do that and it's not because it's just because they they want to see it too like they're very much involved in all of that so it i really appreciate the fact that i have people that want to work that hard, you know what I mean? And I'm not sitting here trying to motivate well, it's people. You good know? to keep that perspective. Like you guys are horror fans, and you know what it's like to get excited about this kind of stuff. And and I like that whole mentality you're talking about. About does it make us smile? Does it make us happy? You know, and you know the whole thing is everybody wants to like their job. You mm -hmm. know. And, and so many people don't. So it, it's nice to hear those stories. And I wanted to bring up quickly before I, I toss this to Erica, because she's our quiet one. And oh, um, yeah. Nisha and I are, are obviously our talkers. Um, it's kind of a contest. I don't know which one of us wins and who talks more, but it's okay. That's just who we are. We're gregarious. But anyway, um, I, I mentioned the Savini shirt. I have been waiting my entire fucking life to find a Tom Savini shirt. Like, that's something that Sean and I, um, you know, we've known each other since we were children. Mm. And um, we have children that are, our, our youngest is is in high school, Ash, of course. His name is Ash. Amazing. But, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I was waiting for a Savini shirt. And when I heard that announcement, like, I was just, like, sweating hovering like i'm ready to buy this please take my money please take my money and um same with the the george romero shirt like i'm a big romero sabini fan i defend tom sabini he's always been wonderful to me mm -hmm. um the many times that we've met him but a lot of people don't 
Uh, he, he rubs people the wrong way sometimes, and that's fine, whatever. But I, I was waiting for for that moment. And so these tribute shirts that you do, I have – I because we went through, you know, having kids. Uh, we went, you know, two girls, and they're, they're growing up in college now. And uh, you've probably seen them running in the background of Sean's screen. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. ass. But um, – yeah, so it's like we we were living paycheck to paycheck as you do with children and and in your marriage and and you know stuff like that. So I missed out on a lot of like the limited teas, like the Chili Bandit, and mm. <laughs> um, I missed out on the Fulci shirt and the Stephen King one. But I have since acquired them. Mm. Um, uh, people, you know, just bought them and were wanting to get rid of them. And I was like, take my money, please. So <laughs> I, I now have all of them. But uh, so the tribute tees, uh, how did that come to be? It, I I think, I can't remember. It, I, I'm, I'd probably say it was Tansky that came up with the original idea. Um, and then I think he talked to Nate Milliner about it. I can't remember who brought it up first. I'll be honest, because it, it, it's fuzzy. I think the first one we did was Carpenter, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no, it was King, King, right? It was Stephen King. King. Yeah. Stephen I, King. I missed the Carpenter one that. for some awesome reason. Shirt. I, okay, so I think what happened was, was that his uh, 70th birthday? Okay, yeah. thank you. Thanks for remembering. I, I have, no, I oh. have it, because I, I got them. I, I got everyone except for Fulci and uh, Carpenter. Carpenter one I missed completely. I don't know how so I, I think. One, but... Yeah, I think yeah, what it was. Yeah, acquired Fulci. We wanted to do a, a 70th like tribute to him, right? And I think it might have been Tansky that came up with the idea and then I talked to Nate about it and it was just awesome, right? So we thought, oh, we should do this again. And then it was, I think, Carpenter next. And then, and, and honestly, I'll be honest, we, we just did those. We just did them. We didn't contact anybody. We just did it, right? But um, Romero, uh, we got uh, his, his, you know, wife's approval and everything like I'm, I'm friends with her she's Suze is the best um and we've worked with them uh, and the garf and stuff doing other things so you know i again listen if i can get people's approval and i can get there okay then i'm all for it you know i'm not it's not us trying to do like a cash crab it's just trying to pay homage to people lucio fulci we worked with his daughter you know to do this it's a great shirt if it's if it's someone i know i can get at least some sort of contact with and make it work, then we will absolutely do it. Same, that actually happened with Tom, you know, like we reached out to him and there was unfortunately a little bit of miscommunication there. I but was going to ask about like, there was a really cool design I saw first and I was like, I need that. And it was salt in a splatter. That was what right. I wanted. And then I, I the next day it was good. different. Just I still thin. like the makeup maestro one. It's the cover from smoke and mirrors, you know? Yep. Um, but I was like, I really wanted that salt in the splatter one. So, I'm that, not mad or anything. No, I'm not like that. But I was listen, just like, that was, was so cool. Okay. I take 100% responsibility for that because I'll tell you exactly what happened. You know, I reached out to Tom. Now, I've met Tom a few times. And I don't, listen, I don't expect anybody to necessarily know who I am and remember me. That's not the thing, right? But I have talked to him a couple times. And he knows that we've done the Creep Show stuff. I mean, we were, he actually was showing us around the Creep Show TV set when we were down in Atlanta a couple years ago. It was awesome. He was showing us all the schools. It was great. But it had been a couple years. I get it. It's not like I talk to him all the time or I'm besties with him or something. So I reach out to him and it took a couple of emails and he's like, yeah, I would love to do it. I'm like, great. That's awesome. Cause he's turning 75. It'd be really cool. So we did this art and we sent it to him. I sent it to him. I reached out to him a couple of times, but I never heard back from him. And I was trying to keep him in on the, the process. Right. 
So basically what happened was I, and this is my fault, I basically assumed, okay, well, everything's cool. We can still do this. And we started promoting it. And then we got a cease and desist from like his <gasps> camp. And I was like, what, what, what? <laughs> like, wait a minute, what? And he was actually at a convention that weekend with people from Night Living Dead or whatever. So I called up them and I was like, hey, uh, or I, did they message me? They might've messaged me. They're like, yeah, we're at dinner. Yeah, I think they messaged me. And I was like, please, I, I need to get in contact with Tom. Like, I don't, this was, I feel horrible. Like, I really feel awful because I didn't, it was just me assuming one thing and I should have never done that. So it's all me. So basically what ended up happening is I got in touch with Tom. We were talking about it and it was just a miscommunication. He said, listen, I just would prefer you to use this artwork instead. And I was like, and I, anyways, I really don't go by the salt and the splatter anymore. I'd like to go and make it my I'm like, no, that's fine. It's not a problem. And and I actually do love the, um, that artwork on the documentary. So oh, absolutely. I, I was, I, the iconic. yeah. And I and was actually, I was excited and happy that he owned the rights to that. Not that I didn't think he would, but it was just nice that he had commissioned it. So it was a very clear cut and dry thing. Um, so it, listen, it all worked out. I felt bad for Nate because it was my fault for not getting it like actual, like confirmation, whether it was an email or, you know what I mean? Whatever. It's just, it was just one of those things. And it, it kind of, you know, again, we get busy, things happen and it's been a crazy year or whatever. And I don't want to excuse it. It's all my fault, but it worked out. And I'm, Tom was happy. Nate understood. I know some people saw what we posted and it was like, Hey, where'd that design go? It, I like that one too, but I get it. And, and I understand. I love the, the, um, documentary. It didn't stop cover. me from buying it. Right. And we, I was right there 10 yeah. o'clock, like bam. And, and a lot of people did. So I was very for, I just, I always feel bad if, if we mess up our messaging somehow by accident or, or again, in this case it was a little more of an accident. Um, I mean, it was still an accident, but you know, I just felt bad. I should have gotten more confirmation. I don't want to come off as like, that way like uh, we try to do everything so by the letter you know what i mean and, and but you know sure. it, it's funny because it kind of is exactly what i thought it was <laughs> <laughs> I, I defend tom and i still will because yeah no he's a great he, guy he, there was my no hero and uh, well one of them and uh, but he he can be a gruff very particular guy but i get that about him um like sean interviewed him uh first a speech that he gave which you should tell that story it's it's actually funny yeah i was i i'd always ever since i started my dad got me into horror when i was like seven or eight mm -hmm. and so we special, always bonded over it even as yeah, kids and and special effects were the thing for me and i wanted to go to savini's school you know and all this stuff and so when i was in college i i had a speech class and i had to do a demonstrative speech and i decided i was going to do special effects and so I wanted to reach out to Tom to just, you know, do like a quick interview. Now, again, this was 1999, early days. I think we'd only had our home computer for a couple of years, you know? And so I just, I sent him an email and I was just taking a shot in the dark, had never met the man, had never talked to the man. And I'll be damned if he didn't respond to me and say, oh yeah, just send me your questions. And answered every single one of them and oh my god i was on cloud nine you know just didn't no verbal communication whatsoever but just to get an, an emailed response from him answering these questions in 1999 you know and uh it it was just it was mesmerizing but he's he reminds me so much of my dad because like tom my dad was a vietnam vet 
and they both they kind of look similar too and so when we've gotten to meet him a few times at, at the different conventions that come through here um uh, he's always a mass fast at whorehound which yeah. is you know the big midwest mm -hmm. yeah. and and he's such a he's he's soft-spoken but he's he's so kind you know and had no problem getting up and taking a photo with this and, and even when i hockey check you out of it she did she's i she... i accidentally <laughs> That was the first time we met Tom, and we wanted to do a picture, and he's like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, and I'm so fucking excited. He's standing there, and I'm like, I'm going to get right on top of this guy because I just mm -hmm. want to hug him, you know, and and I get, and, and, and Sean was standing there, and I just was like, hockey checked him, literally. I look like, just, in the photo, I look like I'm photobombing them. Yeah, it's, it's, like a, I'm just it's in a the famously background. circulated it's photo awesome. of us. Yeah. Uh, back when my hair was still blonde, because I'm actually a blonde, but I was like, ah, fuck that. Um, Queen Vampira. <laughs> actually, I'm a lot more like Elvira, which is cool. But uh, anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I hockey-checked him out of that photo, and everybody's like, you hockey-check your husband for Tom Savini. I'm like, absolutely. Hey, it's no Tom Savini, you yeah. know. Hey, I'm not mad. And he was, he was, he's all happy in the picture. I'm like right on top of him, basically standing <laughs> on top of him. And there's Sean in the back. You see his head poking up like he's some random photo bombing. It's, it's a famous picture. Yeah. No, I mean, he's, you know, listen, he's a he's literally a living legend. And I looked up to all his stuff growing up as well. It's the same thing. You know, I, I, got into effects not like a lot but like when i was a kid i tried to make my own fake blood and latex and stuff and just watching his stuff was amazing so being able to pay tribute to him with any shirt you know whether it was the design that we came up with or one that he wanted us to use i it was just an honor to work with him and and i'm i'm just glad it all worked out because what i was really worried about is that he wasn't you know we weren't gonna be able to do anything and i was and i i was heartbroken from for not just myself but just for fans and stuff, because I, I felt bad of, you know, again, because it was it was my fault for for assuming certain things. But again, it worked out. So I'm, I'm just happy that it did, you know. Oh, I was raising my hand, not because I was upset with that, because I'm still happy with this shirt. And the Smoke and Mirrors doc is, oh, oh my God. Such it's a good so documentary. Great. And, you know, I think it, it took so long for it to come out. I was waiting and waiting for that doc. And I think, you know, I, I know he, he's in the past, you know, he's gotten a bad rap from, you know, I know you mentioned and I, I understand, you know, I get it. But I think this documentary really shows his full self. And when I remember watching it thinking, like, look at him, like he's a granddad now. And like it really not that I didn't respect him before. I just mean when I watched it, I was like, wow, like this, there's a lot to this. Multidimensional. Yeah, it's not just I was in Vietnam. Now I do effects like it was the whole thing. And it was really like, you know, that's. I, I, did, I guess I step I back after, to like raise his yeah. daughters and oh now it, and his grandson it, it, when he posts pics with him and his grandson. Oh, and stuff, I'm like my heart. It really it's it, it, I feel like he's almost had a renaissance in a way in some ways. You know what I mean? Between creep show and other things, but just in, and it is in general. I feel like he helped do the the black phone mask. You know, like I don't know. It's just it's cool. It's just cool to see. You know. One one tribute shirt that you did do that that I, has been mentioned in a while, and um, I thought it was really cool that that you um that you did this was the uh, Doc Terror T-shirt. Mm, James, yeah, yeah, that was um because I remember I remember seeing him at Monster Mania all the time, and yep. you know obviously we know you know he we we lost him and you know you guys immediately stepped up 
and did that tribute t-shirt with the 100% of the proceeds going to the family to help. Yeah. And that that showed a lot of the type of person, not, not just you are, but the type of um, person that he was, that, that he touched so many of us at that time. And, you know, I, I think, you know, for me, it, it kind of made me, not not that I didn't already, but like it gave me even more of, of a respect factor for you and for Fright Rags for even doing that. I just thought it was really like cool because like you didn't have to and you, and you did. Well, you know, James was a, was a great guy. I mean, we all know this. Yeah. He was such a great guy. And I would see him at Monster Mania every year. And, and it, you know, it's, it's hard because like that March, you know, we saw, I saw him and he, he was definitely, he was in good spirits. Yeah. I know. But I could tell he wasn't, yeah. you it know, was common, yeah. and he and I shared our love of giants. And, um, you know, I got, he was with his dad. I got to talk to him quite a bit but i i got pulled away because i mean it's convention things happen you gotta oh i know yeah i know because you're you're being I, I, i've seen it where you're in 10 million yeah. different directions at the table in monster mini yeah like, and, and i or erica have to like kind of man the table while you're like doing like 10 million things. yeah exactly so it's yeah. just it's hard and and I, when i went back to him he was gone and i was like all right i'll catch up with him later and i never did and then on the way home uh i think i messaged him i was like hey i'm really sorry i didn't get to say you know goodbye or whatever you know he's like don't worry he goes come down and we'll go see it you know we'll, we'll see it not go to a giants game but we'll watch giants together so i think that would be great and you know and that was march and he was gone i think what was it april yeah it was like right after right after and it was i mean i don't know it was just it's so heartbreaking but it, that was like just wanting to pay tribute to to him and that persona of doc terror and what mm. he how he handled and again I, it should it's not just about his sickness i know that i mean he was a person more than he was just what he you know he was his ailment right but it just the way he handled it and the way he was such a beam of like positivity he was a fighter yeah and it was like holy shit like look at how strong that person is like i don't know it was just it it uh he was such a great guy and it was just i was so happy that we could honor him in some way like listen all this stuff you know we talk about horror and it's such a great genre and we all love it but we're fans and we're people and we connect with each other and that's what it's about like when we go to conventions or just doing this this alone or whatever it's like it transcends you know it's it, the I irony is that we're brought together because we just watched these things where people are ripping each other apart but yet we we become connected over that and it's the that is like is, is mostly yeah. like non-toxic I mean, yeah, it, it, it really exists. is. I mean, it exists, but not like it does, like, say, like a Star Wars fan or something like it with horror. Everybody is so cool. I've noticed that, too. Like horror convention people are like literally some of the nicest people in the world. Really? Um, and I kind of on that topic, you know, like you've done so many um, like cool collaborations with different um, horror film industry personalities. Is there like a particular collaboration or, or person that like really stands out to you is like maybe your favorite um, interaction that you've had. And it's probably um, hard to choose. It is very hard to choose. Um, and I'm, I'm, I don't, it's hard because, you know, I look back and go, Oh my gosh, what was that? What do we do? Like we've had so many great opportunities with bringing people, like, for example, like we brought PJ souls in to show Halloween and this was in 2017. And, you know, I already, you know, I was already sort of friends with her, you know, friendly with her and we've known each other for over the years, but it wasn't like something where I could just call her up or something. It was a little bit like, oh, I got to get in touch with her. Would she be cool with this? 
and her boyfriend Robert, uh, Beast, as he's affectionately known as, um, you know, we flew them out here and they were going to spend the weekend and, and, and watch the movie. But what we had done is we were, we had had the short film that we shot called November 1st that I was playing Michael Myers and we wanted to do this thing where what did Michael do the day after Halloween? And we thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool to have PJ be um, in it as a cameo? And we wouldn't tell anybody. So her and, and, and Beast, and Rob, came in Friday night. And, you know, I it's similar thing with Joe Bob where I go to drop him off the hotel. I'm like, Katie, you know, and they're like, oh, is there some place to eat around here? I'm like, well, I have reservations already. And they're like, you, you do? I'm like, what did you think I was going to do? Just leave you sitting here to get freaking like food delivered to your room? Like, no, I'm going to an Italian restaurant, right? And so, well, I'll tell you one thing, because I had actually never met Beast or Rob. I should just call him Rob. I feel weird calling him Beast. But anyway, I, I've never met Rob. So they came off the airplane and, and, the, and the airport and, and Rob's like, oh, my God, Rochester is beautiful. And I was like, wait a minute, you just flew in. He's like, we just saw it from the air. It's so gorgeous. I'm like, oh, well, thank you. That's really cool. <laughs> so anyway, we went to dinner and they, we just had a blast. I mean, it was like, again, I'd never spent a lot of time with PGI. I'd see her at shows and we knew each other, but I'd never actually just hung out with her. And it was such a great thing. So she knew the next morning she was going to be shooting this thing. And I picked her up and she's like, I honestly thought, she's like, I can't believe you guys have like a whole thing She's like, I thought it was going to be like someone with an iPhone or something. I'm like, no, it's like legitimately like lights and the camera and stuff. Eric, who now works with us full time, was working at the theater at the time. Uh, he's the one that directed it. And our friend Roy works at the theater, was helping. They helped direct and write and Pansky and I. So it was all four of us. So anyway, we shot it. And then uh, we went, we, I took our entire crew and, and Rob and PJ out to dinner. We had like a private room in a place. We all hung out and had dinner. And then we went to the screening and it was so surreal because um, the little theater that we do, it's called The Little. Um, it's this art house theater. There's a balcony, but it only holds, it's got like two like rows of benches and it basically only holds maybe six if you're lucky, but four people, right? Because they're bench seats. So Rob and PJ we're in the front row of the balcony and, and, and my wife and I were right behind them. So we were just together. It was just us four in the balcony and the whole theater was packed. And here we are debuting the little, the short film that we did, which nobody knew about, by the way. And then we were showing my personal 35 millimeter print of Halloween. And I'm sitting here with PJ. And first of all, we showed the film and they were like, they kept turning around to me going, Holy shit. Like this is, amazing and i'm like well thank you i mean thank you i mean it was obviously just me because eric ran home and had edited and all this stuff and then we did the q a afterward and then we had a private party um which we invited everybody out to uh at this uh, um beer cave thing and, and and we had a special beer made called the toast totally toasted coconut stout. we hung out and then the next day i drove them around and we went to the office and hung out and we are literally we're basically family now. Like I basically call her my other mom. Like we can just text each other. And she's like, she texted me some random Sunday, a few months ago. She goes, I just sent John Carpenter and Rob Zombie, your movie to, to see the November 1st. And they loved it. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like, what? And they're like, we'll text each other on our birthdays or something. She's like, she's like, I want, you know, you got to come back out to LA. We got to hang out or like whenever you're, and we, you know, we see each other at conventions, we'll go out to dinner and stuff. So like being able, like, you know, having those kind of connections that have fought. And again, I don't, I feel weird talking about it because I'm really, I'm really, really not trying to like name drop because that's not what it's just, but it's these experiences that you get 
to have. Like, you know, we had Tom Atkins and Fred Decker out here for a weekend. And we got to hang out all weekend with them. Like Tom and I were sitting on the beach, like not the, on the beach, but like there's a restaurant that overlooks our beach all day Saturday, just talking and like hanging out and just talking about hear something hilarious. Yeah. I have both versions of the Tom Atkins shirt, the, mm -hmm. the, the teal uh, tie mm -hmm. and the black one. That, I, I'm a huge Tom Atkins fan. He's huge Naya the Creeps fan. He's the best. It's funny that similar situation with Joe Bob, where you know me and Fred and, and Tom are hanging out all weekend and, and drinking and telling stories. Well, they were telling stories. I was listening. But like the night we showed, uh, we did two nights. One night we showed the fog and Halloween three back to back. Did a, a Q and A with uh, Fred and Tom oh was there my too. God. And then, or I'm sorry, the Q and A was with Tom. I bet the next night we showed Monster Squad and Night of the Creeps. And Fred requested that we show the director's cut of Night of the Creeps. So we had to show the Blu-ray, which was fine. Everything else was on film. But I was like, I was hanging out in the lobby and Tom comes out right at the beginning of the film. He goes, hey, Ben, let's go grab a beer. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> let's do that. So we went and go hung out and drank while they were watching the movie. But, uh, you know, it's just stuff like that. I, I, I'll share one other one because it was it, it just popped in my head. But like Elvira, we've worked with her on many occasions and we were um i we were at horror hound actually this was uh shoot was it march or September? no it must have been march yeah it had to be march of uh was it 2018 2019 i can't remember now but she was there and she was in costume uh which is kind of still sort of rare for her you know doing photo ops and stuff so i i got a photo op but her manager came up he's like hey can i speak to ben because we'd never met in person i'm like oh yeah i'm ben he's like hey i'm scott i'm like oh hey nice to meet you he goes Hey, I want you to come down and, and get a photo op with Elvira and introduce you to her. I'm like, oh yeah, I bought one. He goes, why did you buy one? You can just come down and get one. I'm like, I don't expect that. You know what I mean? Like it's whatever. So, you know, you know, photo ops go there pretty quick. So he's like, you know, Hey, Cassandra, this is Ben. And she's like, Oh, nice to meet you. He's like, listen, grab a couple of your shirts, meet me at this hall, this room down the hall at nine 30. Um, and just hang out there. I'm like, okay. So I grab them and I go down this this room and there's these two guys sitting there, this green screen and all these lights. And I'm like, I don't know what we're doing. Scott comes in with Elvira and he's like, we're going to film a commercial for you. And and because she was doing some other promos. So they film this whole commercial in front of the green screen. I'm literally sitting two inches from her while she's talking about our shirts. And then he sent us the footage so we could put backgrounds in it and stuff and use it. And I was like, okay, that's incredible. Like, how amazing is that? Like, that's I would so never... Great expected that so i don't know I, I could go on for probably hours but it's just it's really incredible when i think back and go oh my god like it's just it's just been really really amazing you know um so i know we're getting close to the you know to the end here but mm -hmm. um you have a full slate of licenses coming out this year i know you have the new toxic avenger reboot coming maniac mm -hmm. we talked about et mm -hmm. um halloween ends i know is coming Mm -hmm. with you guys um one that i'm actually uh, most hype about is the creep show 40th anniversary now can you give any little teases as to what we can expect for that so okay we're still working on some stuff i'm sure we're probably going to bring back some things that were uh, pretty popular that have not been in stock for a while um i will say that we are working on three at least three new items so We've got an activity book in the works, which already looks amazing. Um, we've got probably, uh, well, we haven't started yet, but we're doing, definitely doing at least one pint glass for it. 
Um, we've actually got a couple other pint glasses in the works that are, you know, you can see, I know people listening to this. I, I, I have that one though. So you know, the slaughtered lamb, but we can do like wraparound graphics now. So that's going to be pretty Ooh, cool. Okay. And then we are in the works. They should be, well, the, the actual beginning stages should be done by the end of this month, but um, we have not produced yet, but a full trading card set of creep show. Oh my God. Gotta, I am in. If it works out, we've got a, couple pretty we got a couple things that in the trading card set um that could be really fun um that we're just kind of working out some details it's going to take a while hopefully we can get it done in time but those are those have been in the works for a while now um again we've just been really busy and then we've had we just decided to push it off for 40th because hey it's the 40th anniversary of cube show so we got to celebrate it but i actually um, have that little mini uh fluffy uh, oh the match you, yeah i have, well, I have the, the the regular i didn't get the red and blue variant i, I missed out on that one but I got one of them, so I was happy to even just get the one. But that was actually pretty cool that you even did, like, the little mini mask like that for it. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we actually have some mini masks coming up this year. So there's another 40th anniversary of a very popular film. There is, yeah. Uh, which <laughs> is Candy's favorite of that franchise. Well, we've got Because three, we got Daddy Tom, number like, two Daddy mini, Tom. Yeah, all three mini masks are coming out this year. Rock nice. Uh, we just yeah. the thing. Yes, the thing. So 40th anniversary of that we got stuff coming up. That we 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 are doing more for the thing this year. Um, we've got a pint glass coming, which looks rad. Um, and then there's a couple other things we got in the works for that that I really like. Um, yeah, I mean it's been wild. I I'll tell you this one, two of the properties I'm actually really looking forward to this year. One we've done already, but it's been a while, and one we've never done because we've never had the opportunity to. We're doing the Beyond, which I'm like so stoked. Um, but the one that I'm excited to bring back because 40th anniversary is Pieces. Um, yes, I saw that. I, I, I love hate Pieces. Oh, <laughs> I love love Pieces. Like, I can't, but, <laughs> I can't know, get enough like of that. Though. Either people hate it or they love it. I kind of am both because it's like, um, I've seen some other films by Juan Pieker Simon, and it's like, uh, there's this one. I'm a big mystery science theater fan. When we went to Joe Bob, I had I had this huge piece on my arm, and uh, they did uh, Pod People by him, which had Ian Sarah in it as well. Mm -hmm. It was the movie they did right after Pieces, but uh, Pieces is worth it just for the end. Oh my God! It does. Well, we so my friends and I do a terror tweet every Friday night. Uh, we used to do it once a month, and then as COVID started, we started doing every Friday night at 10 o'clock. We put on a movie, and you follow along, hashtag Terror Tweet. But our first movie I think we ever did was Pieces in 2016 in March. So every March, we still played Pieces, and we still nice. do it. And it's funny. It's funny because we, we also do Blood Rage every every November. I'm like, what a perfect double feature that, that is, Pieces okay. and Blood Rage. It's like, I don't know. It's There's something about that movie I just love uh i love 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 and um i'm just glad we we're able to do it again uh, they actually used our art or original artwork that justin did for their blu-ray when grindhouse put it out which is really cool awesome. um but uh i just want to do a bastard shirt with you know what's her name i just doing bastard yeah bastard <laughs> um, <laughs> just like writing it like a hundred times on the yeah, shirt so it's the, you know, cause just, she just says it like to the point where you're just kind of like yeah. okay All so right. <laughs> but yeah it's uh just excited to be having the opportunity to do this it's fun you know i mean it's a lot it's a lot of work it's a lot of stress but it's still it's a lot of fun you know 
You know, and by the way, as one NFC East fan to another, move down the couch so we can watch the other teams that didn't that got in before we did. Because yeah. you're a Giants fan, I'm a Cowboys fan, so yeah. yeah no, it's I funny. My... Uh, I don't even want to get into that game Sunday, but whatever. Oh, that was a whole other thing, man. And yeah, I, I, that, that I, was a whole big what the fuck. My my brother's a big Cowboys fan, so we have that family rivalry. So every yeah. time they play, because my, my sister's year, a Giants, yeah. we got to get together and watch the games. We. You know, look, I, I'm, I'm not such a fan where I'm like, you know, F all those guys. I don't care. Like, I, lo- I love the Giants, but I'm also like, okay, I'll root for other teams. It's not a big deal. But uh, That was me in the Eastern Conference. I, I mean, Indiana's a basketball state. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I was giving birth to my daughter, I was watching the Eastern Conference Finals because it was Pacers and the Knicks. Mm-hmm. You know, Pacers, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, that was back when we had Reggie, but like it's just it's just not the same anymore. But yeah. but yeah, so I get what that's like. But yeah, so you know, of course the Pacers would never make it all the way, but they'd make it pretty far. And I'm like, I don't want to root for the Knicks, so I'm gonna root for the Magic. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> back when the Magic was good, that's back when they had Shaq. But like, uh, Penny. huh? And Penny, Penny. Oh, Penny, yeah. Mm. But, I mean, Ben, at least we're not Eagles fans. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. At least we're not Eagles fans. You know, at this point, I'm just like, I feel like, it's like, you know, we're we're in Rochester, as you know. It's basically. That's Bill's country, yeah. It's Bill's Bill's, Bill's mafia up there. Totally. And look, look, I I don't consider myself necessarily a Bill's fan, but at the same time, I do root for them because they're sort of a hometown team. So, I'm really rooting for them now. Like, I really, I feel like they're legitimately good and I want to see them go all the way. I like them. Um, I've been to plenty of Bills games as a Giants fan and that's always fun because I get my ass chewed out every time I go there because um, I'm always decked out in Giants gear. It could be worse. You could live in New York City and Jersey right outside of Giants Stadium right there and be a Cowboys or live in Pennsylvania now where it's Eagles country and be a Cowboys fan. I know so it's, it's it's harsh. I'll it's tell you harsh. though, my brother went to a, a Washington game as a Cowboys fan. They were playing Washington, and he's like, they were the nicest fans. Yeah, it's only the Eagles, by the way. It's only Philly fans that are the I'll, fucking worst. I'll tell you, <laughs> Bills are a close second. I don't know, Indy and the Raiders fans, fans whether too. it's the Colts or the Pacers, they're pretty fucking hardcore. I don't know because Ben Ben can attest to this too. So the Eagles are the only professional sports team. With a in, with a with an actual judge and jail on premises, they're mm-hmm. the only ones. The Eagles fans, and he'll remember this too, were throwing snowballs with batteries at Santa when they lost the playoffs to get in against the Cowboys. He can tell you that. So, <laughs> that. If, you, if you don't mind, I'm going to share with you a quick story about Bills fans. So, again, I, every time I have a chance to see the Giants play the Bills at Bills Stadium, which is what every eight years, four years, whatever, I, I go. Four or years. I try to go. Yeah. yeah. So. This was back in 2015. I, uh, long story short, in 2010, I messed up my left knee. It come to find out I had tore my ACL or at least partially or whatever, uh, but I never got it. I never went and got surgery for it. I just rehabbed and I was fine. I was actually fine. I worked out all the stuff. And then I messed it up in September of that year of 2015. I dislocated my knee, popped back in. I was going to physical therapy. I still wasn't going to go get my ACL repaired. So then fast forward to early October, we're playing the Bills. It was a beautiful day. I, my nephew, which is my, my brother, who's the Cowboys, his son is a huge Giants fan because he grew up watching my VHS tape. <laughs> so, which is great. It was a perfect, it was like a perfect thing, right? So anyway, he and I, I drive out there, parked like a mile away or whatever. 
walked up to the stadium, but we were there early. So they have the, the whole practice field where you can like throw balls and do all this stuff. So we were, had held over the game and I'm like, you could kick a ball, like almost like a field goal attempt, but it was like in a like smaller setting. I'm like, oh, my knee hurts. Well, it was not the best, but I was like, I'll just, I'll just lightly tap it or whatever. You know, I had to sign a waiver and all this stuff. And I walked up there and I went to just kind of kick it. I dislocated my knee and went down like a, like oh just, and the edge went, boom, and I went down and I was like, you just got to give me five minutes and I'll be fine. It just, it, it goes back in. It, it went back, you know, it just kind of like the, you know, shifted out and went back in. And then after about five minutes, I'm like, I can't, I can't get up. Like I'm literally, I cannot get up. Um, I, cause the, you know, people come running over and I'm like, I'm fine. Just give me five minutes. I'm like, I actually can't get up. And they're like, okay, hold on. They pull out the golf cart. Okay. Like they do on the field. They put me on the golf cart. Now I've got a Manning Jersey on my nephew's got a Manning Jersey on. They start r- driving us through the field and then outside where all the people, all I heard was fuck you. You suck. <laughs> That shit's gonna happen to Manning today. You fucking suck. Oh my god! And I'm like, I didn't do anything. I dislocated my own knee. Like I'm not. I didn't say anything. They had to take me to the emergency room. They had to wrap me up. Yeah. He'll he'll tell you this too, Candy. These are people that put themselves through tables on purpose. That's what they do. That's the Bills Mafia. They put themselves through tables to get hyped up for the games. I listen. I have. I mean, there's plenty of Bills fans in my family, my friends. I I don't. I'm not against Bills. Fans, yeah, Ian, Ian Fetterman, our friend, is, is yeah, of course, a he's huge fan. Bills fan. Yeah. a huge fan. I mean, look, yeah. I'm not against Bills fans, but when you go to Bills Stadium, those Bills fans, a lot of them suck, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's, you know, listen, it's fine. Like, I don't care. Everyone's got their thing, right? And we won that day, so we care. I had a hobble on crutches almost a mile back to my car at the end of the game, but it was worth it. And then I ended up getting surgery. But uh, anyway, it was just funny. Like, what, and, you know, my nephew could I was thinking, it. like, eventually the surgery is going to come up, I think. Yeah, it was a month. I, well, I couldn't straight. What ended up happening was I had a bucket handle tear in my meniscus. So I actually couldn't straighten my leg at all. Um, it blew up, like, that big. I couldn't straighten my leg for a month until I got surgery. Um, and so they had to take out almost all my meniscus and repair my ACL. So that was like, oh my gosh, it's, you know, it is what it is. But so Ben, I mean, what else, what else is there for your, for, I mean, like, I feel like sky's the limit for, for this company. I mean, you guys just continuously, not, not only expand the brand, but like you also kind of top yourselves and kind of set the bar higher for, you know, I mean, and, and, and I get, because if, if it wasn't for you guys even coming out, there wouldn't be, you know, and, and we get, we love Rick. Terror threads, but there wouldn't be a terror threads. There yeah. wouldn't be a gutter garbage. There wouldn't be a cavity colors. I don't. I don't think if if you didn't come out swinging for the fences the way that you did, I don't. I don't think that we would have what we have now. But I mean, you know, you guys have been like the constant for is it 18, 18 years now, right? Yeah, it'll be. Consistent. Yeah, it'll be. It was eighteen this past. I mean, number, what so. else? What else can you? I mean, I, I mean, did you guys going to start doing like your own filming production? I know you had the short film, but like, is this like the next step? You guys start making feature films next? Do you write like a book? Like, I mean, what else? What else is there for you to do? I, I mean, you know, it's funny because all those things are on the table for us in some way or another. Like, uh, you know, there are some ideas like that, like a book that we've kind of had somewhat in the works for the last few years it kind of got put on the back burner because of covid um that was something that was in collaboration with friends of ours um that was actually brought to us it wasn't something that i went out and tried to do my own but um 
you know, the films is great because like Eric, who now works with us, he is incredibly talented. Um, and I would like to do more with him and, and our friends in making films. That obviously takes a lot of effort and work, which is awesome. But at the same time, we're freaking busy, right? So it's very hard to balance all this. And, you know, I've got kids too and all this stuff. So it's like, it's a whole thing. So, I mean, it's funny when I think about it, I think about in terms of what we want to do, like we just did this board game for Silent Night, Deadly Night. And we want to do yeah, stuff like that. that. Like, yeah. it, it's a weird thing. Cause like we have ideas on our own that we kind of have just brainstorming. I always, again, use my North star as what makes us excited. What gets us like, yes, we always have the t-shirts and we always have certain things that we do and we can reprint stuff and people still love it. And that's awesome. And I appreciate that. And I want to serve new customers and customers who haven't had a chance to get things in the past. And then we've got new stuff that we want to do. So it's constant balancing act. And I get it. There's tons. Now there's so many other companies out there doing stuff um, with the same title. I get it. Like there's four companies that have the rights to zombie or, you know, maniac or the thing or Halloween. And I understand it, you know, look as a fan myself, who consumes all this stuff, right? Like I know it, I just want to make sure we're putting constantly putting out the best product we can and, and, and making sure that we're engaging with everybody in, in our fans and customers. Cause we're fans ourselves. And, you know, it, I don't look, I don't have a master vision in terms of a five and 10, 20 year plan where it's like, we have to be this level or this, whatever. Right. I was never about growing this company for growth's sake it was never i need to get to this level or whatever it's always been defined by what do we want to do what we think would be fun and if we can top it awesome because that's sort of the challenge you know so then but it's weird because then it starts bringing in all these other people and i've already kind of mentioned it before where it's like i meet someone who does figures oh we can do that now or you you start sort of it's almost like a gravitational pull of people that you start talking to and going, Oh, you're involved with that. How come? I mean, we did a coffee, you know, a few years ago with our friend AC, you know what I mean? Like we did, it's like, and to me, I'm like, I like coffee. We just did a bourbon back in uh, uh, September, October, uh, where we collaborated with, I mean, I am a huge fan of like bourbon whiskey and, and all that. And like, the street, uh, the store down the street from us, a small store, but I, you know, guy and I are really good friends. He's always helping me out getting some good stuff. And he's like, Hey, we're doing a, a barrel pick where you can, the store can actually pick their own barrel from a certain thing and, and bottle it under the brand. We want to do a cool label. And we used our Barlow um, Salem plot uh, design as the label for the bottle. And, and that sold out in like less than a week. And that, and it was only sold at that store. It wasn't sold online. We couldn't sell it. You know, it's not like we have liquor license. So it was a very limited local thing but we posted about it and people like ran in there and bought it. <laughs> like, how cool is that? Right. So it's, it sounds funny because it's almost very selfish, but it's like, does this really tickle our fancy? Cause if it does, hopefully it does for everybody else and they can enjoy it and we can enjoy it. So that's kind of where I look at it. I would listen. I would love to do a film someday. I would love to do, there's a lot of things I would like to do. So I'm blessed that we get to have this opportunity to, to, to continue to do this. And, and, Honestly, this past two years with COVID, weirdly enough, is as crazy as it has been for everybody in this world and, and, and tragic and a lot of bad things, but a lot of weirdly good things. Like we've exploded as a company. We've almost doubled our size in the past two years. And it's like that, honestly, that alone has been great, but it's also been a crazy challenge logistically and things. So we've sort of, at least for me, I've had my head buried in that kind of trying to make sure that we're, you know, 
the train isn't going off the rails. And again, everybody who works with me has been feeling that too. And they've been stepping up because it's hard, you know, in the early days, you couldn't even work together. And even now we're still doing a lot of work from home. So there's been those challenges that have been sort of keeping us busy and, and sort of, you know, supply chain issues. But I'm always looking ahead to what can we do that makes sense to us, that feels good, that hopefully other people, it will resonate with other people. And that's where we just keep going. And if, listen, if we can keep doing it, that's all I care. Like, if you could tell me I could keep doing what I'm doing right now today and not change a thing for the next 20 years, whatever, I'd be like, okay, good. I'm, I'm all set then, you know? I had kind of a question as we wrap things up, uh, like kind of go around the room and share a moment. Um, I was curious, um, out of us, what is something that you would like to see from Fright Rags? Now, mine is, and you may have done this in the past and I just fucking missed it. I have a feeling, I think that you did, but I would really like to see a Night of the Demons collection mm -hmm. or conversely a grindhouse. Um, like as in not the genre, but like I'm I'm okay, like Planet Terror in particular. Mm -hmm. Like I, I would love to see some original badass artwork of Cherry Darling who is and, and people laugh at me because my two favorite final girls are Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. And, and I say Cherry Darling, and they're like, what the fuck, Candy? So those, I, 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 I never, I say one, and I can never just pick one. So I would like to see, like, a cool Night of the Demons collection, maybe some lounge fans or something. If, if that's a possibility, that would be so cool. And, like, something cool, Cherry Darling, Planet Terror-ish. Um, so, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, no, no. I mean, if you have feedback on that. Yeah. So, uh, in terms of Night of the Demons, I know Gutter Garbs did some licensed I, Demons. I, I got that right before because oh. they released a collection. Good. Yeah. Right before uh, the Joe Bob event. And I oh, kind of knew what movies they were showing. Mm -hmm. So, when I show up there and there's Amelia Kincaid and Linnea Quigley, I was like, um, hi, I'm in all this Night of Demons gear. And I had to pick just one, and it was only for a weekend you could order them. They had, like, six shirts or something. Mm -hmm. I had to get the ones where they they were all demons because I'm oh, yeah. demonic or right. something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't – it's funny. I think I might have a, a lead on that license, and it's one of those I would like to do. We did one years ago that was unlicensed. It was just, you know, her as the demon. You yeah, know, that's what I thought, but I but was like – that wasn't licensed and that was several years ago and then I, I you know i saw goddard do their license i'm like oh that's cool they got the rights that's awesome i would like to get the rights to that so i i would like to explore that um in terms of grindhouse interestingly enough so um that's a hard one because that's still dimension which is handled by miramax and we actually again this is sort of sort of not known we haven't really publicly mentioned it we for a while had the rights to from dust till dawn and we 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 went into product development. We started doing designs. We submitted them for approval. Come to find out, there was an issue. I don't know if it was contentious or not. Like it was not detailed to us. It was we just know that there was some issue between Rodriguez and Tarantino over the film, and everything was frozen out of it in terms of merchandise. We couldn't do it, Aww. and so that license was dead in the water. So I don't know for a fact if that's the case with Grindhouse. However, it it's. 
it's complicated working with them sometimes. I don't mean, I don't want to say that in a bad way. Um, we have a great relationship with them. It's just for certain titles, it can be complicated <laughs> and it's hard. So and I listen, I love Grindhouse. I would love to do Grindhouse stuff. I just don't know how possible it is right now. Um, but it is the 15th anniversary this year. I don't know if we would be able to even get the rights in time if we could, but it would be something to listen. I, I would love yeah, to bring out. I, I was literally recovering from my C-section mm -hmm. um, from having my son in um, okay, his birthday's in March. And I was still recovering from that surgery. We were in an empty theater because that it tanked. And it was the greatest fucking thing I'd ever seen. We took off our shoes, put our feet up, and we're afraid to pee because the trailers were awesome. Oh my god, it was so good. And then I, and then they, the steel book, I have that, you know, like, and I'm wearing my cherry necklace. I went and tra chased down like from the promo material, the necklaces and all the shit. So I'm just obsessed with cherry though. Uh, I have trash on. I thought I put cherry in, but yeah, I have trash on tonight. But uh, I do these. I like to find these custom barrettes, but yeah, those, those are my two, um, mm -hmm. that I'd like to see, but if like night of demons, like you have my email, like I, I'm, I'm your girl. I'm going to buy everything. Awesome. Well, I hope we can do it. I think that would be great. Um, Erica, what would you like to see? Oh man. So I'm going to seem like a really horrible person. Um, I would like to see some shirts based on Dream horror like Martyrs, a Serbian film, my friend Andre Iskanov's movie Philosophy of a Knife, like those. So, what more more lighthearted horror is what you're kind of geared toward? Is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah she's making me do an extreme horror film on Friday for our feminist review, and I'm like, okay, Erica, I let, I'm letting her do her extreme. I'll tell like, you, okay. I'm I'm not afraid to admit it. I am a big wuss when it comes to some of that stuff. I'm I'm serious, like. You know, we were actually approached last year to do uh, I Spit on Your Grave. And, oh. you know, I and we were approached by one of the producers, you know, and I was like, OK, I know people like this film and I, I, I respect why it it resonates with people and why people champion it. I absolutely do. But I, it, you know, not that I don't uh, I don't know if anybody loves to watch the movie, but I, I cannot. It's very. <laughs> It's very hard. I mean, I watched it once when I was younger, and I'm like, I can't, I, I can't witness that. It like was that is one of the earliest schools night out that we did. That's our feminist part. Because uh, if you notice, um, Glenn Danzig and Jerry only please don't listen to this. Everything that we do, including the house that screens, is taken from Double Whore, Double's Whorehouse by mm -hmm. Misfit Schools Night Out, is Misfit Song yeah. Horror Business, our non horror yeah. titles, uh, Misfits. Uh, but uh, they don't know that. But Ghoul's Night Out, it was one of our earliest Ghoul's Night Out. And I hadn't watched the film since I was 19. She got me to watch it again. I have your guys' shirt of it that's really badass. The girls, mm -hmm. you know, the women's cut tee, yeah. it's, it's badass. But uh, I'm, I didn't mean to take over for you, Eric. I'm no, I was just going to say, like, you know, and I wanted to do it, but I also wanted to donate some of the proceeds to Rain because I just wanted, mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. I raise money for them a lot. It, yeah, I agree. It just, it's. For me, it just felt like I had to, to do something to link it up. I just did. I just felt very weird just throwing it out there as a complete mm -hmm. for profit thing. And that was just my own personal. Like, I just I'm like, can we do this? And like, yeah, no problem. Like, great. Thank you. But anyway, I just like I've actually never seen a Serbian film. I don't actually if I seen Mar I don't think I've seen Marius. I think I probably remember. I know enough about that movie, though. But it's like that's me. <laughs> I'm not. Listen, I'm not. I am not. A, I wouldn't be necessarily against. I don't think I would do a Serbian film, to be completely honest. I know. I think Rotten Cotton did it a while ago. But um, I don't know. Like, like 
it's like cannibal holocaust things, things like that i'm like i don't know if i would do that it's just I, again i respect those movies and i respect why they exist it has nothing to do with me like not liking that it's just a personal thing i'm like oh my god could we do that would that be right but uh <laughs> i do like the idea of, of look you know branching out and trying some of these other the other problem is some of these films especially like um when they get to be like more of the foreign films and stuff it's hard to nail down the rights to certain things mm -hmm. like hard to understand what we can do and where to go like it's not is not to say that a lot of american films are easy but um you know some things you're just like where do I go? Because it could be a U.S. distribution thing. It could be the person who made the film that owns the rights. And how do you get in touch with them? So honestly, that is the biggest barrier, regardless of whether or not we would want to do it or not. That is a huge barrier. But I, listen, I'm always open ideas because there's so many fans of so many different things. I would like to be able to. It shouldn't just be what I like. It should be what people like. Yes, I am a filter a lot of times. I got to make sure it feels right for the company. But at the same time, you know, I respect the fact that there's multiple layers to these, to this genre. And I want to be able to, you know, to, to, to touch on those whenever we can. So. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, um, Erica, mm -hmm. um, she's really good friends with Andre and we're working on, um, Andre Skinov who made philosophy a knife and I know it has, uh, it's probably the most well-known of his films. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and we're working on something with him to, uh, to help uh further raise she was money. yeah I mean, raise money uh so we're using our makeup company for that oh, that's and, cool. and and doing some fundraising so he can finish his film um that she was in russia for in september mm -hmm. filming breaking ouroboros but so philosophy and knife like does andre own all that stuff yeah he does so like you guys could do philosophy enough and I, I think it has a an audience Hmm, that's um, interesting. That well, it's be... good to know that, that one person owns it and doesn't have to go through like a whole studio, you know? Right. Yeah. I've, um, I've actually helped him with distributing some of his films in the U S but I mean, he, um, he owns the rights to like all of that, like on every continent. So, um, which is handy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially when it comes to distribution, you know, that's great. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sean, dad, what's your, your dream? He already answered it, thrashing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, come on, there's got to be something else. No, no, I'm I'm good with that. I'm good no, with gleaming that. the cube or just thrashing. You're oh, just I'm good. I'm good. Cube, I love man. I love Holy gleaming shit. the cube. But I'm let's say awesome. he loves gleaming the cube. He he's a skater. Yeah. Still. Yeah, old guy skater. In our forties. <laughs> I'm like you're crazy. No. Well, you were easy. Okay, uh, Nico. I mean, for me, I mean, you've done it already, man. American Werewolf, Creepshow. I you mean, can't think of anything like there that. There really isn't a license or anything that you've put. I mean, I, I pretty much got everything I've ever wanted. And, you know, thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> I, I guess, actually, you know what? Better yet, instead of, all right, so if, if this is like dream mode here. Yeah, this is dream mode. My, my ultimate goal is when I finally get the money up to make my film. And hopefully it makes enough noise that you and I can have that conversation and be like, all right, dude, like, what are we putting out for this thing? There you and go. I could, be like, I could be like, all right, dude, here's what we're doing. We're we'll supposed to be there. filming this summer. We're working we're hoping, on yeah. fundraising for that. I'm going to associate produce. I mean, uh, Ben, him. I mean, honestly, just to give you like the elevator pitch of what it is, I'm not mm -hmm. trying to whatever. It's it's basically it's it's Heather's meets Mean Girls meets Carrie minus a psychic 
powers of Carrie. That that's basically what. But pig's blood, is. right? Please, I mean, that's... oh, there's there's oh. something to that effect. Yeah, okay, but I mean, it's definitely uh, all, it's, cool. it's a love letter to the '80s, '90s, like slashers. That's awesome. Um, that's with, great. With a bit of a with a bit of a twist to it, but um, you know, if if I mean, admit that, but again, that would be it. Otherwise, anything else that's already existing, I mean, dude, you pretty much. I mean, the, the fact that I have American Werewolf T-shirts was enough. I mean, oh, we were so it's funny. I, I just a quick aside about the two things. Well, first of all, to see you next Wednesday, we actually Universal, I don't think was going to let us do that. Um, but John Landis is actually a customer of ours. <laughs> so he's ordered wow. stuff from us. So we reached out to him. He's like, yeah, you should do it. Just send me a couple shirts. I'm like, OK. Um, and it's funny because uh, David Naughton reached out to us uh, last week. Um, and and it's funny because Liz actually thought it was probably a, a someone like a scam you know what i mean because he was interested in our shirts and stuff and i'm like no the email seems legit so i reached out to him on instagram it's like no no that was me like i love your stuff i'm like cool and oh. <laughs> and he sent us a picture and stuff so it was really it was and then we posted it but uh it was just funny you know is you know it, it's funny again when you see like the connections there but yeah american world man i mean that's and I, got to meet him, I got to meet him also many again i met him twice and the first time i was wearing the um the your shirt the one that had the um the wolf the, the decomposing jack with the moon yeah. mm -hmm. that one and then the second time i met him was when i was wearing the the wolf with the um the united kingdom flag when like, mm -hmm. the wolf is like coming through and when he saw it he was like dude he's like that shirt is awesome and i'm like it's fright rags they're right in the hallway go over there right now dude like go right ahead that's um, great but he was like he's like oh so you really love this movie and i'm like dude you have no idea like this movie <laughs> is my favorite horror movie of all time i mean our episode of that like did so phenomenally and we just had a blast talking about it and then the fact that like the two action figures from NECA have the artwork from your t-shirts was was pretty fucking badass too yeah, no, I, I was happy. Like, I, Randy's a good friend of mine, and anytime we can collaborate, it's it's always cool. And it's actually, it's funny, because, like, sometimes I forget, because a lot of times, you know, things take a while for production or whatever. And I was like, oh, shit, did we give him our artwork for that? I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I just, like, I don't even, it's like a surprise to me. They'll post something, I'll be like, oh, yeah, we did talk about that, didn't we? I totally forgot. Like, it's just, but I love it. it it's great, because, I mean, again, seeing that stuff, like, I love American Werewolf, and to being able to connect with someone like David or even John, or just even with NECA using artwork, it's like, that's cool. Cause it just feels more like, I don't know, like you're a part of it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, again, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't take it too seriously in the sense that, I mean, I take what we do seriously. I don't take myself or, you know, too seriously, but I just mean like, Hey, like in, in the annals of movies, like an American werewolf or Halloween, other things like, we're we're there like a little bit there with just a couple of things that we did and it's like hey that's cool you know what i mean <laughs> like it's just it's neat that's how i'd feel about it yeah well, is there is there like a license like i guess this could be like the final question i guess or maybe there's one more question maybe it has but like for i know from my final question is there is there a, a particular license that so far you know that that maybe you you has alluded that you really really want because i mean honestly you've released like pretty much everything i think right that we all for the most part grew up well, on and love and you know really cherished as as children and you know that, that we're adults like you know again i have american rebel t-shirts thanks to you we have creep show she's got tom savini you know eric has got monster and, Vision. and like, george 
and George and you know Sean's got the Misfits t t uh, t shirts. Like we we have all thanks to you. But is there something that that you still like are, are waiting on or, or would like to put out? Yeah, um, you know, and then even though we've done shirts for these before, they were not licensed, and I have no problem admitting that. But pretty much anything Warner Brothers because we haven't been able to get licenses from them. So yeah, we've done we, video about that. You know, long time ago we used to do the limited edition Friday Thirteenth. So we used to do some of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. You know, we did all that stuff. We did uh, Beetlejuice one. We did uh, a couple Beetlejuice Lost Boys shining you know so we've done the gremlins we've done a lot of the ones you know over the span of years and you know we stopped you know look a few several years ago gosh five years ago now you know or more i said you know we're not going to do that anymore we're, we're to a point now where everything we do is licensed and if it's something that we've done which is very 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 rare that it's not licensed because we've tried every we've tried overturning every stone. We've talked to everybody involved. We've done everything we could possibly do. And I could probably name like two titles like that, that were like, well, okay, we're just going to do it. And if somebody wants to say something, then good. We know who to give money to. Like we can make a deal. But in terms of, of movies like Friday 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and in popular films like that, we know who to pay. They just don't want to take anybody else on right now. And it's frustrating because we talk to them all the time. Like, I'm, I've been out to their offices. We've met at licensing show. Like I know the people there. It's just, they're, it's not the right time for whatever reason. So I said, well, then why, you know, I'm not going to then put out unlicensed stuff while we're waiting. That's dumb. I, I'm, and I know, listen, other people do it and that's fine. I have no problem with other people doing it. I'm, I feel like that would harm their relationship though. Yeah. I just, I, it's a personal thing that I said again, a few years ago, five, whatever years ago to say, no, like we're going to stop. We're not going to just keep doing that and, and, and doing that unlicensed. I will wait, even if it takes 10 years or 15 years, I will wait. And I just kind of drew that line in the sand. The only time we went, the only time we, it, I had made that decision. And then we did one other shirt after that. I think this was 2017 and only because it was, was a parody and we got his, his approval, but we did a Friday 13th with Shelly with the yeah, Shelly's Revenge. And, yeah. And that was because, like, that wasn't, you know, and and and, and we have done like GI. We brought GI Jason back once, but right. that was parody. But in terms of like making it almost feel like it's licensed by having Jason and all those things, and whether it's a title or not, we haven't done that. And gosh, several years at this point, and it was just again, I am not disparaging anybody. It's just my, my personal thing to say. Look, I would love to get the rights someday. I hope it happens. We're here. We're going to keep doing our own thing. Um, and if we can get it someday, awesome. And I really hope that does happen. And if it doesn't, you know, and again, you know, Friday 13th has been in litigation. So there's other issues with that. And even Nightmare on Elm Street had some issues um, a couple of years ago. And, and whatever. If it happens, great. But those are the ones where it's like, I just want all of that, please. <laughs> like, I would love it. But, you know, if and when it happens, that'd be great. If it doesn't, that would suck. But, um, I, love I just the Dream Warriors original art. Oh, I know. I, I, like, I, I, I want a shirt with, with Taryn. Yeah, that was yeah. My, that's my my phone background is beautiful and bad. Well, with her and the, the I know, the and I know for a fact that you know, if and when we were granted those rights, we would have severe limitations, and especially with Nightmare on the Street with likenesses. I mean, at least Friday Thirteenth. I mean, obviously Freddy, you can do a lot with Freddy, just Freddy. But I mean, 
um, in terms of using anybody's faces would not happen unless we got those people's approval. For example, uh, Halloween three, you know, we've done shirts with Tom Atkins. Well, we, we were not granted his likeness for, you know, they don't give out, you don't have likeness approval for Tom Atkins, but because I know him, he's a friend of mine. I was like, can we do this? And we, we had our own side thing. He's like, yeah. And then when I told universal that they're like, okay, it's fine. So we could probably do a Shelly shirt. You know what I mean? Like with Jason, but uh, with his face, I mean, his actual face. Um, Cause we could probably get him and some other people too, probably, but um, which would be really cool if, if Warner brothers is up for it. But again, I, I just feel like personally they're missing an opportunity. Warner brothers is and because mm-hmm. they have, yeah. they have great partners they work with. Um, again, I like the stuff that they put out that, that other licensees have put out in terms of like NECA or um, I mean, a lot of the t-shirt people they work with are more of like the wholesale, like hot topic Spencer's type stuff. There's no, direct to consumer e-commerce if you will uh channel that they work with and it i don't know i mean there's plenty of us in the space now you'd think you know at least one of us you know what I mean? like would be able to work with it and plus so, the fact that like you already have you've, you've done leatherface licensed you've done candy man licensed michael myers especially yeah, and we have you know we have a, a, a history and a track record. This isn't our first rodeo, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. you know, in addition to other companies, they've been doing it for a while too, but it's like, you know, it's not like we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've worked, we literally could name pretty much any studio at this point. We've worked with them at one point or another, you know, Disney, Fox, Universal, Sony, Lionsgate, MGM, you know, I mean, just keep going. It's like, yep, 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 yep. Paramount, CBS. It's like, okay, where's where's Warner Brothers it's not here you know why not well it's not for lack of trying believe me it's not for lack of trying uh it's frustrating because I feel like there's opportunity there to to do something but again I look at what trick-or-treat studios have done working with Anders to do the Freddy gloves like holy crap how amazing is that you know NECA putting out all those ultimate Jasons and Freddy's I got them all you know what I mean they're all (laughs) you know so as a fan I'm stoked that that stuff's still happening but I'm I'm definitely like it chomping at the bit to do it ourselves. Hopefully someday. I have to say to Erica, I'm mm-hmm. surprised you didn't say Wishmaster. Well, <laughs> he I, works I, for Andrew Devoff. Yeah, we as, did. as much as I, yeah, I, I love Andrew Devoff, but I, I've had a mixed relationship with the Wishmaster franchise. So <laughs> I guess we I was actually, thinking of the first. We did Wishmaster a few years ago. Oh really? How do I not know this? I'm dumb. We had we had the rights through Lionsgate. We didn't do a lot with it. I think we did we did at least one shirt. Did we two shirts? We were sort of limited with that too, and um, that kind of fizzled out. Um, It was part of a larger deal that we had with Lionsgate that um, Uh, they were. It was we were they were restructuring. But hmm? did the special Blu-ray or release of the whole series or what's that? Uh, Was that when the the big Blu-ray series came out or something? It might have been. This was 2018, maybe 2019. I can't remember yeah, when that sounds about right. Yeah. So, you know, again, it was part of a larger deal that we had. We had a lot of titles, um, but man, it was it was kind of hard navigating those waters for a while. <laughs> and we weren't able. I mean, we probably weren't going to renew them anyway, except for maybe a couple. But we weren't even able to because they had changed hands so many times while we had the the license that we weren't they were restructuring and it was this whole thing. I'm like, all right, whatever. It's, it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't even worth a fight, but we, um, it's a fight we probably wouldn't have won anyway, but it was fine. I I was 
kind of sad to see Blair Witch Project go because that was part of the deal. And we had like Cabin in the Woods and, and Leprechaun and mm -hmm. a few other ones that in the game, but whatever, you know, it, it happens. All right. Well, I guess, uh, well, because Sean has to work really early tomorrow, he almost missed out on this. Mm. So, yeah. and, and it just, I looked at and see that we're even a half hour over the, our usual time, and it doesn't even feel like it. This has been such a treat. And I could talk to you for hours. Like I, I'm hoping, like yeah, seriously, you're at like a whorehound in Indy, or you'll you know, there's... you'll be at Monster Mania, right? Or yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. Fright Rags will be there in March, right? Yeah, Fright Rags will be there, and I I should be there myself. So yep. Nice. So yeah, love to talk to you some more sometime. Um, sure. This has been so great, and I really really enjoyed it. Well, thank you for having me, and it's been great hanging out with you guys too. It's been a blast, just chilling. So it's it's um anytime, hey. great, awesome. Well, that's Thanks, that's man. what we aim for. That's my my thing. Are we having fun? Yeah. Are we enjoying this? We enjoyed it so much, I didn't even realize what time it was. That's awesome. I know, and I gotta get I'm up at four it. in the morning. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He was he was like, I'm not gonna do the episode because I have to work. I'm like, go to work tired yeah. because you're gonna oh. be sorry you missed this. Well, I appreciate you sacrificing sleep. So, no, thank it, you. it was well worth it. Thank oh, you. Oh, thanks. Man. This has been delightful. I'd love to do it again. Sometime. Sure. Just yeah. You know, you have my email and. uh you know that I'm always promoting. I'm the person that tags you 80 million times on Instagram. Like, look at me, fright rags. Look at me, fright rags. Look at me, fright rags. <laughs> I appreciate it. No, it, it does mean a lot. It really does. Like, it, it's again, we can't, we can't do what we do without people like you and everybody that support us. So it, it, ne it's never taken for granted for us. Like every single one of us always look at how grateful we are to be able to do what we do. So it's, you know, it, it's, it's. I'm very fortunate. So thank you for for that opportunity. Well, awesome. And um, yeah, again, uh, love to talk to you again. This has been so great. And hopefully I'll get to see you somewhere on a con. But, we, you know, like with uh, Andy, we just get Days of the Dead and we mm -hmm. do get Horror Hound, but that's usually September when yeah. we get that. So hopefully sometime our paths will cross like that. That would be so fucking cool. That would be great. I don't even drink beer, but I drink a beer with you. I'll see you in March at Monster Mania. Yeah, and I'll see you. Yeah, for sure. I'm always at the table. I'm always buying something from you guys anyway. So. Oh, I know. I know. It gets. I was buying stuff by the handful at the Joe Bob's Jamboree. I had. Remember how many times I changed shirts because I kept sweating through them? Oh yeah. And every time it was a fright rag shirt. By the time I met Joe Bob, though, I was down to a camisole. I was like, I'm sweaty. I'm gross. I'm gonna limp out of this. <laughs> wheelchair just to hang out with you oh. and it was worth it but yeah i'd been through like i don't know how many fright rag shirts that day. <laughs> i just kept changing them <laughs> no regrets but yeah so uh you'll still be uh patronized by all of us and now even more so like oh. geez this has been so fucking cool uh, thanks yeah. so much no it's been great with you guys too so i appreciate it Thank we'll you, you so much for brother. doing this. Absolutely. And you take care. Man, and the rest of you all, good night. Good night. Take good care, night. guys. Thank you again, Ben. Thank care. you so much. Thank you so much.